Oh. For a second, I was only getting in one headphone. And that was weird because it, I did nothing and it just came back. So that concerns me. Good morning. Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. That's Griffin. And for the final time this summer, young Carson Weekly is here with us. Carson, did you prepare your end of semester dissertation? Uh, no, I got young youths, though. Right, yes, we do that every time, but this well, is yeah. the final one of the semester. You should have prepared your dissertation. Tell us everything you learned. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's going to be a quiz. Is there, a, uh, is there an intern evaluation for it? Oh, too? boy. We already filled that one out. Oh, there's a few things in there that I don't think you're going to want to know about. Don't don't get me wrong. You're uh, y- y- you passed. Okay. You that's pa- all that's you hey, passed. That's all I was looking to do. Yeah, he did take this one pass fail. Um Carson's here and he will uh for one final time give us young Utes and uh I I don't know, fun and frolic throughout the course of the morning. Coming up on the program today, we're going to meet uh big time Maryland basketball commit Jamie Kaiser. Out of the IMG Academy, but he's DM, DMV guy before that. Uh, four-star kid, selected Maryland over a lot of top programs. Uh, UCLA was in the mix at one point with Jamie Kaiser. Indiana, Virginia were the other two finalists. He chose Maryland and new head coach Kevin Willard, believing in what he's laying in. So we'll find out what he thinks about that and why he made that decision. Also, later this morning, we'll talk some Orioles with Mike Bordick. Bummer of a weekend, obviously. We'll get into that. And uh, Jeremy Kahn joins us, as he does every Monday, to do whatever it is that Jeremy Kahn wants to do. So that's all coming up on the program. Uh, how'd your swagger lineup go on Friday, Griffin? Uh, not great. No? No. What uh, what bit you in the ass on Friday? Uh, a lot did. I thought oh. I, was, I was ready for the Luke Voigt uh, revenge game against the yeah. Padres, so I thought, you know, his two total bases, right. that didn't hit. No, um, no. I think most of the strikeout, I didn't do all strikeout props like I probably should have, uh, mm. but I think most of those did hit. Mm. I can pull it up and double check. Well, maybe maybe, maybe we just don't really We want to talk about all the losses I had. Maybe we move <laughs> forward instead. Today is a new day for Griffin to try to put together a better swagger lineup. You're th- I'm guessing you're done with uh, the free $10. That I think you I might have. have like a dollar left. <laughs> oh, a dollar left. Well, you could play a $1 ticket. That is an option. You could do it that way. Um, so here's the deal. We're playing Swagger this season, and I'm really excited about it. I'll, I'll probably play more tickets when we get the football. Oh, the Aaron Judge one definitely hit. That was obvious. Well, you got that going. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'll probably play a few more tickets when we get the football season, but I've already played a few for baseball so what it is obviously still not allowed to bet on your phone or on your computer here in the state of maryland which is incredibly stupid but i don't even know if it registers on the top 100 stupids uh, in the history of the state of maryland so what do you do instead well you can feel like you're betting when you play with swagger swagger essentially replaces betting like individual games with betting player props and parlays so they've got the Action X picks, they got the Pick X picks, and so you can improve your odds. Also, they're not doing true odds. Instead, they're doing a point system. And what's cool about that is so if Griffin picks, um, I'm trying to think of what you might pick tonight. Who's I don't even remember who's pitching tonight. Who's pitching tonight? Uh, I know. Bradish is pitching for the Orioles. Yeah, against, oh, God. Uh, uh, Kikuchi, Kikuchi, right? Your yeah. favorite guy. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. it always <laughs> makes me giggle. So if tonight uh, Griffin wants to go over three and a half strikeouts for Kyle Bradish and wants to go over one and a half hits for Vlad Jr. and over one and a half total bases for uh, Jorge Mateo and then wants to 
pick something from a different yeah, game. Yeah, and then Sandy Alcantara's pitching, so obviously take his strikeout number. Yeah, he tends to throw a lot of strikeouts. He's quite good. Alcantara, obviously, from Miami. So, I don't know what it is. Whatever. Just leave it alone. It's fine. <laughs> we'll solve that problem another day. It has nothing to do with the point that I'm trying to make. So... Ooh, Shohei Otani's pitching. There you go. He wants to go. He wants to go Shohei Otani to do something that uh, hasn't been seen since Tungsten yeah. Armo Doyle. Um, so he puts all those things together on one ticket. He doesn't have to get them all right. Unlike a parlay bet, where you have to go if you put five legs of your parlay and you get four of them right and you miss one, you're gonna lose. It's not like that with Swagger. You get four of them right and you only miss one. You're going to get money back because they have a point system that tells you how much money you're going to win. So you're going to win your money back and then some. If you get three out of five, you might at least win your money back. Depends on how risky you were. If you took all the favorites, then, you know, might be a bit trickier. But if you threw in maybe an underdog or two and got yourself some more points, then you could still be a big winner even if you only get three of your five correct. That's the idea when you play swagger. You're winning money. You're betting even though it doesn't feel like you're betting and you're doing it for free because with swagger when you sign up not only do you immediately get ten dollars put into your account by going to playwithswagger.com slash press box playwithswagger.com slash press box immediately ten bucks in your account but then when you deposit up to one hundred dollars they're going to match that deposit with free money for you to play with so what it smells like to me is that if you go right now, deposit $100, they match $100, plus they're giving you 10 bucks for free, you're getting $110 for free to play with. And so by virtue of winning, you may never use the money that you deposited. You could be playing with free money forever for Swagger and winning free money. It seems... Like a win, win, win proposition. Hmm. Go play with swagger.com slash press box. Get signed up today and enjoy playing with swagger this season. All right. Uh, so, yeah, bummer of a weekend for the Baltimore Orioles. They dropped two out of three to the Rays in Tampa, and particularly a bummer because they had taken game one in such outstanding fashion. Friday night, oh, man, I was feeling good. The Orioles were in a playoff spot. <laughs> They put together the best offensive performance we had seen all season. Jorge Mateo had like 172 hits in that game. It was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. I'm high-fiving. I'm doing roundhouse kicks in my house. There's nothing. Can't stop us now. I'm singing like I'm Freddie Mercury. Don't stop us now. Having a good time. I don't want to stop it. I'm doing the whole thing, right? And then uh, the rest of the weekend occurred. And, uh. They got boat raced on Saturday and Sunday. Thankfully, yesterday, and by the way, you're welcome because we were on the air during the game yesterday and uh, we were asking, we were soliciting suggestions for how we could help break up the perfect game. And Chris Hoyles told us that we should flip our hats like shark fins. And so we did. And wouldn't you know it? Maybe we know a thing or two about a thing or two, huh? You're welcome. You're welcome. Still, uh, they dropped two out of three in Tampa. Now, look, long way to go. Season's far from over. And I, in any reasonable, even a month and a half ago, if you had said the Orioles were going to be a game and a half out of a playoff spot on August 15th, even once we knew that the season wasn't going to be miserable, if you had said they'll be a game and a half out of a playoff spot on August 15th, we would have said, hell yeah. 
So we can be reasonable about this. But it sets up another big week. And at some point, they're going to have to do something on the road, do some sort of damage on the road. They simply can't win series at home and then lose every series on the road. They're going to have to do some kind of damage on the road. Didn't do it this weekend. That's a bummer. They got another opportunity starting tonight in Toronto. Again, not easy. Good team you're facing. You won two games against them last week. We call that the modified sweep. But it ain't easy. At some point, they have to do something on the road. The bigger story from the weekend would be, what exactly were you doing with D.L. Hall there? As we talked about on Friday, it was weird that they hadn't announced starters for the weekend. As it turns out, that's because they were preparing for the arrival of D.L. Hall. And then everything else from there makes no sense. You begin with the fact that they clearly knew they were calling up D.L. Hall. This was not some sort of late-night Friday decision. They had purposely not announced the starter because they knew they were calling someone up, and that means they knew they were calling D.L. Hall up. So if they knew that, as so many people pointed out, why wouldn't they have D.H. Dabley Rutschman on Friday night so that he could catch D.L. Hall on Saturday? Begin with that. That's the obvious part, right? Like the guy that's the great catcher, that's the best pitch framer, that does all those things when you have an effectively effectively wild young pitcher coming up to make a start, perhaps you have that guy behind the plate to make that start. You know, also a guy that he's worked with a lot, is quite familiar with. That's weird. Weirder still is that you did it what a weird thought process to say we got to get him up we got to let him get a taste of the bigs specifically as a starter then we have to send him back down to get prepared to be a reliever if that was the plan why wasn't he doing that for the last few weeks to be prepared to be a reliever when he came up the first time you can't make this make sense which doesn't mean it's going to prove to be disastrous. It might very well be fine when D.L. Hall gets back up. He wasn't good on Saturday, but, you know, he wasn't miserable. He didn't look like he could not possibly be a major league pitcher. He had the stuff, too. You, like He touched, well, nine, he touched always, 97. He's always had the stuff. It's the control that's always been right. the yeah. question. The he con- had the four straight strikeouts at one point. Right. Like, yeah. But he I, also I think, started uh, the game with, like, six straight balls. You know? I did think that his changeup looked really good, though. Like he he was hitting that he was hitting outside corner pretty consistently. I, again, there's a lot up. there's a lot to like about DL Hall. There really is, and I didn't. He, again, he wasn't good, but that doesn't mean that he was miserable. It doesn't mean that he got his brains beat in. He just wasn't good. Somebody would say maybe the problem has been that he's not been not good a few too many times during the minors, and that there's a reason why people think maybe he's really a guy that could go one time through an order or be a late-inning pitcher and not a top-notch starting pitcher. But the Orioles cannot afford to make that decision at the moment. They've got to give him the opportunity to be that guy, and they say they will next year. In the meantime, given where he is innings-wise, given where they are as a team, they believe he could potentially help out of the bullpen. Cool. Cool. I get that. It's something Stan's talked about a lot that that would be a way that he could help this season, that when you call him up, you put him in the bullpen. But why not just do that? Why go through this charade? 
My buddy Alan McCallum said, well, this is for the fans. But as a lot of, as Rita pointed out, okay, then why wouldn't it be in Baltimore? If you wanted to do this for the fans, let them come up and make a start in Baltimore, get 2,000 extra people to show up for the game, and some excitement for D.L. Hall Day. You did it in Tampa. Like, what? how does this make sense? And it's a weird thing because when you criticize, it feels like you're saying that these people are incompetent. No, I, I don't even know that it's going to prove to be wrong. It's just weird. Sometimes things aren't right or wrong. They're just strange. Everything about this is strange. And then they gave Cedric Mullins an off day as well. Like... It, there's a lot of questions yeah. about like you could. This is a chance to send a message to the to DL Hall, the rest of the organization, that when you get here, we're right. gonna we're gonna we're give going. you the best chance to win the game and have success. And I, it, it was just, it was yeah, super weird. Strange. It was a super weird scenario. Even yesterday too. Like, oh yeah, we, o- Odor batting fifth, right? And and Rick I, Phillips ever being in the lineup. It, it was it's the it most was. important game they've had in right. six years. With the, tie, well, the, ar- with the, yes, tie the argument now. being, if, again, because, of course, baseball, baseball ruins everything that's great, and they got rid of game 163. They figured out they needed to keep the extra inning rule because it's the greatest rule that ever existed. But their trade-off was, well, yeah, but what we need to do is take away the other thing that you love, which is a one-game playoff, the greatest words that you could ever say in the history of baseball. So, yes, uh, I think everybody knows at this point that yesterday was going to be the determining factor for who would have a tiebreaker should these teams finish tied for the final wild card spot, which is possible. It's definitely possible that the Orioles and Rays finish tied for the third and final wild card spot. And if that's the case, then the Rays will get it and the Orioles will be on the outside looking in. Um, so, yeah, it, it seemed like an important day. And yet Brett Phillips was in your lineup. Brett Phillips, who is incapable of playing baseball. And I, I'm trying to be as nice about this as I possibly can. This one is enraging. This is the one, whatever they did with D.L. Hall, weird. Very weird, unnecessary, but I I can kind of shake it off as a whatever. Like, I don't really know what the thought process is here. I don't really know. No matter how many times you try to explain it, it doesn't. To say the words, he wanted to get his feet wet, makes no sense. He can get his feet wet as a reliever. There is no rule that someone has to get their feet wet as a starting pitcher. That doesn't, what are we doing here? What is that? But again, just weird. Just very strange, head-scratching. I can move on from it and say whatever. Brett Phillips' presence on this baseball team, I can't do that with. It's embarrassing. It's not only not what you do when you're trying to win, it's not even what you would do when you were trying to lose. There is no purpose to Brett Phillips. I don't care how nice of a guy he is. I don't care that he was out there in the middle of the brouhaha on Saturday. This isn't Rugnet Odor, who despite the fact he hasn't had a good season, has come up with big hits and is clearly a rallying factor for the rest of this baseball team, a respected player from all of the other guys on this baseball team who they take their cues from. This is a dude who showed up in the middle of things, incapable of playing baseball, and you continue to let him play baseball. It'd be like signing Griffin. It would be. I'm left-handed, too. Like I, yeah, and, I, and I hit probably about <laughs> can you 100. Wear, can you wear a goofy, <laughs> massive helmet when you go to the plate? Can well, of course I will. Of course I will. I, that's embarrassing. That's the one that I keep coming back to and saying, it's really hard for you to try to sell me on the fact that you're trying when you let Brett Phillips play for your baseball team. They, 
They, they can't spend money on something real. They traded money. Any dollars at all for Brett Phillips. He's... Sorry, I'm trying to... I don't want to make it personal. I, it's a rule that I have. There's a word I was about to use, and I just don't want to say it because he's a worthless baseball player. He's, I'm not saying he's... A, not a, he's not a worthless human being. He's got a lot going on for him. Nice guy. And I, I'm, I'm trying my best here. He offers nothing to a baseball team. This is some major league S. This is what you do when you guys are playing too well. We have to make you worse somehow. We'll go get Brett Phillips. And they put him out there. The Dia Hall stuff is confusing. I mean, it really is confusing. What's far more confusing is that Brett Phillips is playing in a major league game and Kyle Stowers isn't. And I know that if they caught up Kyle Stowers, they wouldn't have every day at bats for him. And that's kind of the problem with all of this. And so they want him playing every day and he couldn't do that at the major leagues because they're not ready to take Austin Hayes or uh, Anthony Santander out of the lineup every day. Now you would think that he would get enough at-bats considering you don't really have a DH at the moment. Certainly, you don't need Tyler Nevin to get at-bats. Vavra, you do, of course. Sure. But you would think that somehow they could do the math to allow for, if you want to play Stowers in the outfield, you can have Santander get some at-bats, or you can have Stowers DH if you want to keep Santander's glove and his really his arm out there, whatever it is that you want to do. You can't justify their effort being at bats for Brett Phillips, ever, under any circumstances. It is unjustifiable. And now, like, because the argument when we picked up Phillips was that, why, is it, why isn't it Stowers? And it was, well, Stowers wasn't on the 40-man. We'd have to DFA yes, They have room. But now... Brett Phillips is yes. the, if we're going to DFA somebody, yes. that, that's the guy, there's the yes. spot, and we've not that's seen it yet. It's infuriating. It's so infuriating. But again, all you got to do, go to Toronto, win some games, you sweep this series, you move ahead of Toronto in the standings. You're still only two and a half games back of the first wild card team. We rocked Kikuchi the that's last, true. last time out. That is a fact, just last week. Hit him very hard. That is a fact. So you hope... The Orioles can similarly have some success. This time in Toronto, the good news being, unlike a lot of teams, they got all their guys. They're going up there uh, locked and loaded with the entire team, ready to try to win some games against the Blue Jays starting tonight. And Kyle Bradish is on the mound, and you'd like to see some more good things from Kyle Bradish. But still a bummer of a weekend. Still, just particularly after how we were feeling on Friday night. Man, on Friday night, I was ready to fight the world. I was, I was God, I was, so I was so ready. Like, there, you, could tell, you couldn't tell me nothing on Friday night. <laughs> it's the most excited I've ever been about anything in my life. And then, just 48 hours of getting punched in the D, you know? Like, just, yeah. just consecutively. That's <sighs> what it is. All right, today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Oh, man, the Toyota Tacoma. That's what I want to tell you about. It might be time for me to look into getting Tacoma. It comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Let's switch gears here on GCR. 
Our next guest made the decision. He's coming to Maryland. He's going to play for Kevin Willard. A lot of big-time programs are interested. Virginia and Indiana were also among the finalists. I know UCLA was involved. He comes from the IMG Academy, but before that, from the DMV. He is a four-star committee. He's Jamie Kaiser Jr., and he joins us now here on GCR. Jamie, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thanks for having me. Jamie, can you take me through just your your timeline? When when did Maryland come into the picture, and when did you know, like, th- this is where I'm supposed to be? Uh, well, they honestly came into the picture when I was getting recruited for football. Uh, Coach Loxley was like, you know, if you want to play both, you can play both. I wouldn't have been getting recruited, and, you know, the whole staff left and everything. And Willard's first week there, uh, I had gone on an unofficial uh, to Maryland for football, and then we walked into Coach Willard's office. It was his first week there, and he was like, you know, I don't think there are any problems with you playing basketball here if you want to do both. So, But then when I decided to drop football, they had offered me right away a full basketball scholarship, and it just feels like home. So... I just feel real comfortable up there. Any thought at all that maybe like two years down the road, you're like, you know what, I wouldn't mind still trying to give football another shot. Like any thought at all, or are you totally sold? It's definitely just basketball moving forward. Yeah, just basketball. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I don't know, Maryland football is looking kind of exciting, though, Jamie. Like there might be a moment. They keep moving towards the, the competition the Big Ten. Um, so, so, okay. So the new, the new staff comes in. What was the co- first connection that you made? Was it with Kevin Willard? Was it one of the assistants? Like, tell me how it worked once the new staff got there. Uh, that it was right, right when the new staff got there, I met them face to face when I had went to my football unofficial, but, uh, coach Cox, uh, he had been, you know, recruiting me when he was at Rhode Island and then, okay. Uh, so he, uh, came to watch one of my first, a- my, actually my first AAU game and, yeah. Were you at and all, the- Jamie, were you at all nervous about how long it might take a new staff to sort of get things going? You know, the, the, typically in college basketball, new coaches come in. You like to say, hey, you want to give them two to three years to sort of lay the foundation, get their guys in, and get rolling. Why, why did that not scare you off, the thought of how long it might take for Kevin Willard to get this thing changed and turned around? Because uh, I watched the practice. When I went ahead and went on my official uh, – on the basketball side and I was able to watch a practice. The energy was just different. Coach Willard, he just has a certain excitement for the game that you know, a lot of coaches don't have. You know, he's hands-on with the players. He's big on player development and just building confidence in guys. And I feel like if you want guys to produce, you need them to have confidence. And that's what he's given to his players. And I feel like if I get there, I mean, when I get there, that it'll just be awesome because he's just such an energetic guy and, you know, he, he he does have to prove himself, but I feel like just based off what he did at Seton Hall and just his track record of winning and just being an exciting coach and hands-on, I think will help. He is Jamie Kaiser, Jr. He's coming to the University of Maryland. He's with us here on GCR. Jamie, do you get the sense that, that he's going to be able to, like by the time you get here next year, that he could have things turned around? We saw this with, like, uh, was Iowa State last season where they went from two wins to, you know, the Sweet 16 um, do, right. do you believe that what Kevin Willard's doing, it might not take as long and, and things could already be turned around by the time you get there? You never know. I mean, you always hope that that happens, but you never really know until you see the team for the first time. So, yeah. Did you, when you were growing up, was, was Maryland a big deal to you? Like, did it matter to you the idea of playing at the University of Maryland? 
Hell yeah. Yeah, because I had gone to games since I was a kid, first grade, second grade. Like, when they were in the ACC, it was jumping. I watched, you know, Des Wells, uh, Terrell Stoglin. Like, I was just a big fan of Maryland basketball. It's only 40 minutes from my house. Right. So, football games, too, and I was like, you know what? I, I only dreamed of playing there because, you know, I didn't think I was going to be good enough until about a month ago. So, yeah. So okay, so you were still worried that you you weren't gonna elevate. You know, you're a four star guy. Like you're a guy that's been rising. When you say until about a month ago, like is that I mean, le- is that legit? Like you didn't know that you were gonna be able to go there. No, like in the springtime, like uh, April, May. Okay. Like that's when I started to uh, realize. But before that, you know, I was really between uh, George Mason, George Washington, because that's all I had. Wow. So I was like. It would be a dream to go to a Power 5 school like that, so, yeah. Well, all of a sudden, all the Power 5 schools were interested. It didn't take long. All of a sudden, they were all in the mix pretty quickly. Um, you know, Also, obviously, being at the IMG Academy, how's that helped you, going, going, making the trip down there, being at a place where, obviously, things are so athletic-centric and basketball-centric? What's it done for you to raise your game to a place where you're going to be ready to make the jump to the Big Ten? Well, yeah, I mean, the competition uh, is just – the competition in practice was the big one that sold me, you know. I played in the WCAC last year. You know, that's top-notch competition every day in game. But practice is somewhere I really need to be pushed, uh, especially, you know, going off to college. And I feel like IMG, just as far as their preparation, is the most similar thing you can get to college in any high school program. So I feel like that's just going to boost my game to the next level and uh, – I mean, I'm gonna be coming back home, so yeah, it's not deal, you know, going going away for a year because I'm gonna be right back. How excited? How excited were your friends and family that that you made that decision? You didn't end up somewhere like Indiana, like that. You're you're coming back where they're gonna be able to come watch you and, and be at every game. Oh, it, it was awesome uh, because all my a lot of my friends are fans. You know, like I had people stopping me in Chipotle, like, "Oh, thanks for staying home." This and that. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, are, it's just, are they like, buying you a burrito at least? Like, can you at least? I mean, we're living in the days of NIL now, right? Like, you should be able to, hey, if you're really appreciative, maybe, like, hook me up, throw in a cookie or something. Right. <laughs> well, that's that's cool. What 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 did it mean to your family? Like, what what was what were those conversations like? And did, did, that, did, did that part of it play a role in the decision that you made? Uh, like, stay at home? Yeah. No, not at all, because, you know, I, once, uh, like, Oregon and UCLA and Stanford had gotten to the mix, my dad was like, you know, those aren't bad options at all. You know, it's Pac-12. It's, like, my type of style, like, you know, shoot a lot, run, freelance uh, kind of play. And he was like, let's take those visits. But I was like, no, nah, just just a certain comfort level that I had being home. You know, we had a lot of conversations, hours and hours. And, you know, it happened all so fast, so we had to knock things out the way pretty quickly. So, yeah. All right. Now, tell me about the relationship you developed with John Lamoth. And it seems like you guys are, are kind of hitting this thing running as you arrive, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I played with John 8th, ninth, 10th grade. So, I mean, I, I, know, I know John. He's a great teammate. He's one of my favorite teammates that I've actually ever played with. You know, he's just so unselfish. You know, he likes to have fun on the court. And, you know, he works hard like I work hard. So, we complement each other real well. That's cool, man. That's cool that you guys are going to continue this process together. Was he bugging you? Was he like, were, were you were you getting maybe almost like moment to moment texts from him? Like, dude, when when you going to announce? When you going to announce? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I text him. Uh, he texts me pretty often. Uh, it, he wasn't bugging me or anything though, but 
Yeah, we just let each other know like what was going on because That's... like as I was narrowing down my decision, I was like, you know, I think, yeah, I think I'm gonna commit. Who's uh who's next for you now? Now that now that you're fully on board, who are you working on as a recruiter? Deshaun Harris Smith. Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of that. I've seen yeah. a lot. What are those conversations like? I try to talk to him as much as possible. So, like, I'm just like. We can just build something that's crazy now. Like, pe- like people want to that makes people want to stay home because I feel like if the DMV had guys that stayed home, they'd be contending for championships every year just because the talent is so rich. But everyone wants to, you know, go away. But it's something special about staying home and doing it in front of your own people is what I always tell them. And you know, but he's such a good player. You know, he can go anywhere he wants. But um, I just try to tell him that you know it's just a certain freedom that you'll get and a certain comfort level that you'll have and you'll be able to expand your game the more comfortable you feel because you won't have to worry about much else. For those that don't know, Deshaun Harris-Smith, also considering Penn State, Xavier, Indiana, Villanova, so he's down to Final Five, uh, also a really talented wing. I'm just trying to, like, imagine all of you dudes, all that athleticism on the floor together at the same time. That seems pretty, pretty difficult for other teams to be able to keep up with. Yeah, I mean, we can all handle the ball. Right. Like, it's just a three-headed snake in the backcourt, and you know, if we all play at the same <laughs> It seems like it would be a very good combination. We will be rooting for that. Let's talk more about that as we're wrapping up with Jamie Kaiser. Your game, um, what is it that Maryland fans need to know about you, the style in which you play, maybe somebody that you kind of mold what you do after? What should they be expecting when you get here, Jamie? Like a lot of energy. You know, I'm, I, I play really hard, you know, crash offensive rebounds, die on the floor take a charge I just play really tough and I feel like that translated from football but offensively I feel like it's more of like I can shoot it really well mid-range take advantage of mismatches kind of like a Devin Booker-ish like a a bigger guard that can shoot and you know go to the basket really hard so yeah we like the sounds of it we like the sounds of it what will you be capable of accomplishing at the University of Maryland however long you end up being here however many seasons ends up being what do you believe you're capable of accomplishing here a national championship. We like the sounds of that, too. We like the sound. It's been a long time, Jamie. It's been a really long – it's been since before you were born, which is a scary sentence to say uh, for old yeah. guys like me. It is time to bring back that era of basketball to the University of Maryland. And then tell me something about you away from hoops, like just something we should know about you as a person. What are you into um, when you're not playing basketball? What, what's life look like for Jamie Kaiser? I just like to hang out with my friends, you know, enjoy my – enjoy Burke. You know, city of Burke, uh, a lot of, you know, it's kind of small, but, you know, people have fun out here. You know, a lot of fishing, just chilling, biking. I just like to hang out with my friends. What? I mean, obviously you're a football guy. Did you grow up as a uh, Commanders fan? Oh, no. My whole family's from uh, Pennsylvania, so I'm a diehard Steelers fan. Oh, oh, somehow you made it worse, Jamie. We, okay. Of course, we're here in Baltimore, so... Oh man, that is uh, that is a painful sentence for you to say, my friend. Well, uh, good luck not having a quarterback, huh? Good luck with that, Kaiser. Enjoy not having. Uh, it's whatever, whatever. We know the Steelers will probably be good again soon, and that's the terrible part. That's the difficult part for us here in Baltimore, as we know it won't last long. Uh, all right, Jamie, what can we plug for you? Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Where can Maryland fans be giving you a follow? Uh, Instagram. Uh all lowercase Jamie underscore dot Kaiser. And then is it at J underscore Kaiser 53 on Twitter? Yep. Very good. Give him a follow there. 
Jamie Kaiser, man, congratulations on uh, making this decision and all the success you've had. Uh, best of luck this year, and then we can't wait to see you and get to know you more as you arrive in College Park. Best wishes, and thank you for taking the time for us this morning, all right? Thanks. Appreciate you. Jamie Kaiser, Jr., uh, four-star guy, head of the University of Maryland out of the IMG Academy, very talented, uh, bigger wing, as he mentioned, the, the like the Devin Booker comparison, uh, bigger. He's a guard. He's not a, a – a four um he's not he's not 611 but very athletic guy that can shoot yeah played football i mean yeah i mean obviously he's quite physical right like all of those things so you like the sounds of that of course there's a lot of other things that uh, kevin willard's got to get figured out as he starts to lay the foundation for what uh, maryland basketball will be in the coming years but appreciate jamie kaiser jr taking the time for us here this morning all right, um, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley coming up a little bit later on today. They're going to do a very unique show as they are going to be chatting with the scout that was most significant in getting Jackson Holiday to the Baltimore Orioles. Orioles scout Ken Guthrie is going to join them tonight at 6 o'clock. He was the lead scout working on Jackson Holiday. And I know that you say to yourself, well, he was number one pick. It couldn't have been that hard. Well, you still have to trust your scouts. You still have to, especially when there's debate like there was this year about who the number one guy should be, you absolutely have to trust your scouts. So Ken Guthrie, Oriole scout, will join Stan and Ross today at 6 o'clock to break down why it was Jackson Holiday, what he's going to bring to the table, all of those things. You can find that facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it live, see it tomorrow, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash video. Young Utes, one final time for the summer is next. Glenn Clark Radio. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Forget plus-minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to 10 simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. So you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus, you can play all the major pro sports, including your favorite local team, if you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com slash pressbox to sign up and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you.
you for having me. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going, gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle, take it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR. Thanks again to Jamie Kaiser Jr. Looking forward to seeing him in uh, College Park. Um, Kyle Ottenheimer shared a clip of Buck Showalter, and I am always for a good clip of Buck Showalter because, you know, God bless him. So, Griffin, I'm going to send this uh, link to you if you don't mind pulling it up. I don't even know what it is, but uh, Kyle retweeted it and said, I would die for this man. So, And by the way, I believe that because when we would have Buck on the show, uh, I mean, Kyle would be – I'm not kidding. The phone line would ring. Kyle would pick it up, it would be Buck, and Kyle's face would just be like, oh, hey, Buck. Hey. And I don't blame him. I mean, I, I truly love Buck Showalter. I want to make that abundantly clear. So I just want to, having not heard it at all, this is, this is not something I would do on the radio. On the radio, I would want to make sure I had heard the clip before because, you know, it could be involve an F-bomb. Not that Buck's likely to do that, but I'm going to do that on this show. I have never, I have not heard this clip once. Uh, comes to us from SNY Sportsnet uh, or Sports New York, whatever the the Mets network. Um, and here's Buck Showalter. Something related to Broadway. I was doing the math today on Broadway. Like, how big's the theater? How much is the average ticket? How much to pay the actors? Pretty interesting. I took my wife to one the other night. Music man. Well, thank you, Harold. <laughs> I thought you had already forgotten. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what, you know, you look at something from eight shows a week, kind of like us, kind of about the same length of the season. They work at night. It's kind of interesting to see how that whole thing works. I'm mesmerized, huh? Much smaller venues. Pardon? Much smaller venues. Yeah. 1,500. 26 capacity there. I had a lot of time to think. I was mesmerized by the set, the orchestra, and uh, their voices. 
Yeah. You, you wake up and your voice isn't there. What happens? <coughs> oh, it's pretty. I, that kind of stuff I have curiosity about because I've never been exposed yeah. to it. Might have to get refunds if Hugh Jackman's not there at that one. <laughs> you can't? I don't know. Was he the guy? Was he the. Huh? Generally, no. Just out of luck. I was, I was under the. I thought you had to kind of dress up or, or at least wear. No. That's, it's turned into casual uh, Friday again. Everything's casual Friday. I don't know. Maybe no. don't, nobody works on Fridays. I'm it? fascinated by how this started. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday, I would like to I know. Guess. Right? Like. Maybe but they asked him what he did. Or the, I don't know. The it seems like Buck just sort of went because he would do this a lot during Orioles press conference. Where there's something, there would be some sort of sidebar that he felt like talking about. There'd be like a second between questions, like there would be, you know, like people trying to figure out if they want to ask another question. He would feel like things were winding down, and then he would just want to start talking about his own thing. And it was just so wonderful. Like it was just so bloody wonderful. God, I can't believe he was ours. I can't believe we had that joy in our lives. For as long as we did, and now somebody else gets to experience it, and I don't know, they've won about a hundred straight games. God damn, there. <sighs> I get wistful. I get wistful thinking about. Buck, Buck does a good job of finding good closers, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's decent yeah. at that. That's for sure. He is decent at that. All right. Um, I don't think the young youths are all that concerned about the music man and Hugh Jackman and all that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't think that's something. The math and whether or not it, you can afford to make a Broadway show work, I don't think is something that the young youths are all that concerned about. But what are the young youths concerned about? That's what we're going to find out for one final time. Carson Weekly, before he heads back to uh, Ole Miss, which apparently we learned this morning is kind of a poverty SEC program. Yeah, like, I, the I think. What the hell could, is going on? Uh, we do, we could we say do that. the out of conference schedule is not challenging. Ha, but That's what we'll say. I feel like they've played real games before. Like, we, won ten, we won 10 games last no, year. No, no, but, like, haven't they played against real non conference opponents at some point? I I think I get that we're getting to the point where like everybody's in the conference. Like in the next couple of years, yeah. where like there's not going to be a non-conference opponent because there's only going to be two conferences. Mm-hmm. So I understand like we're getting to a problem there. But don't I remember them playing like some in one of those, like in that like early season uh, Atlanta game or well, something? We played like that? Louisville last year. Louisville, there you go. And, and it was a big game. We played it's another better than what did we see? Troy. And, and Central Arkansas, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech. I think that's by far the biggest. Yeah, game. that's like, actually a real game. It's a it's Tulsa. a realish game. Tulsa, Tulsa. Yeah, that mean, sounds that's... like Maryland's non conference schedule. Actually, Maryland normally plays a West Virginia or a Texas or somebody good. What the <laughs> yeah, hell's going uh, on? I, I couldn't tell you. Considering Jesus. we considering we were in the top ten a few times last year, you'd think they'd want to. You would think challenge like even we were just talking about this before well, the Matt show Cora started. Was gone though, right? So, yeah, I mean, don't. Do you have a quarterback? Jackson Dart. Transfer. Oh, that's transfer. Right. We that's got right. him in the in the USC tight end. We right. got them both. That's but, right. But uh, Glenn and I were talking about this. Like even Arkansas scheduled Cincinnati. Yeah, that's. And a- they're you know historically, uh, I mean, they're still a good team, but they finished lower than a lot of teams last year that's in the SEC, point. and they're still playing a real that's game. A great but point. We are not. Well, Carson Weekly's headed back to Ole Miss tomorrow. He came in today so we could wander over to Glory Days Grill after the show. I'm looking that's forward right. to that after we devoured all of the South Carolina barbecue chicken uh, last week. Griffin, what's going on, on the Internet that you're so fascinated by? I'm just looking at Ole Miss's past I, opponents. Okay. <laughs> we don't care that much. We can, we can move on, for, on from that topic. We can come back. You can come back and join us now. Um, uh, we devoured all that South Southeastern Carolina. Southeastern Louisiana. Oh, that was a big one. Wow. Yeah, that was a big one. 
Um, we're going to go over there today. We're going to get some more South Carolina barbecue chicken. I'm definitely going to get the uh, flash fried pork belly, the opener, with the uh, Korean number two sauce. That will be occurring. Uh, maybe some smoky thigh wings. Just have a nice smorgasbord over at uh, Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com. Final weeks for you to take advantage of the summer seasonal menu. Don't miss out the lobster roll with the grilled corn. The crab and lobster fries, the Cracker Jack Sunday, all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. All right, what are the young youths talking about? Okay, uh, a couple a couple different things. Uh, so Playboy Cardi is a I'm rapper. Yeah, yes. rapper that's... Didn't uh, he uh, uh, have a uh, have child with uh, one Iggy Azalea? I know Isn't they were together a for a while. They have a they have a kid. Yeah, that's and, what that uh, would be when I say have child with. That yeah. would be the exact same yeah, thing. They, they've they got could a, just say yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> might be the better way. They, they've got a kid. Uh, but he's balding. That's like oh, well, that's well. How old is the man? Uh, I think Wait, Cardi's balding. Yeah, Playboy uh, Cardi okay. is balding. <laughs> let me let me. For some I thought we were talking about the kid. I don't know. Let me look how old he is. So he's he's twenty five. Oh, I mean, there's a photo and. All right, it's kind of ball, good kind for of, him. I don't know, what kind to say of here. people, but it's it's been kind of a topic of discussion because he's a little, he's kind of famous for like, he's got like these like, he's got the he's got the dreadlocks and he'll put like he'll get different designs and things shaved into one side of his head and I don't think he's gonna be able to do that anymore because he's balding. So, uh, but why do we care? Like, why, why is this? this is Glenn. This is people my age. This is people that are, this <laughs> okay, is people right, that are amused by by things like this. But okay, do you care about anything else that Playboy Cardi does? His music his is music. he that big of a deal? Yeah. And yes. I mean, the yeah, Iggy's, I never thought he was the, that big of a deal. The Iggy Azalea thing was a pretty big deal when they broke up. He he's got a pretty big following. Let's see how many followers he has on Instagram. I, I, I'm not. That's fine. I, I believe that he's got a big following. He's a, a rapper. I just didn't know he was somebody that like something so innocuous would be so concerned. Yeah, it was trending on Twitter. for Like a while. if he was involved in some sort of dispute, I could see where that would be interesting. If it's just that he's balding, I like. Is, is this the picture that they're I don't really? About? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't really I mean, see how that would be something that would get a lot of attention on the old interwebs. It was on some of the like world star hip hop. It might too, be and, like, time for you guys other. to get a hobby. This might be the moment. Listen if to you're Playboy all Cardi's that music. concerned about Playboy yeah. Cardi's balding, it just might be time for maybe to look into something else in the world. I I would because a lot of these things that you give me, I'm like that is fascinating. This is not. This is not in any way fascinating. Glenn, not the, remotely. This is a this is a a C level celebrity losing his hair. You got to like, know your personnel. These are people that are very amused by. This is little. This is not innocuous. In, this things. is just not interesting. So someone I'm, tweeted out a potential I'm, bar now for. Cardi is he could say bald head like Ginobili. Yes. <laughs> okay. Sure. I got nothing here. Sounds, I really sounds have like we're, to sounds offer. like we should move Might on. Might be to time two. to move on to number two. I've right, got num- nothing to offer to the conversation about number Playboy two. Cardi losing his hair. I mean, it's w- was his hair a big deal? Did people care? To, I mean, like, he had, there was one time I know he had the dread. He shaved a pentagram right. on the side of his head one time, but and like, I was, was like, the, whoa! Was it the like, type okay. of thing that like the internet would talk about every time? Uh, I mean, I. I all right, the pentagram. I tried. I tried. I can't help here. Go. Move forward. Number uh, two. All right. The newest trend that's taken TikTok by storm is the teenage dirtbag trend. Oh, now I'm in. And basically people are like... You have no idea how show, much this song meant to me. They'll show a current picture. And it, the, the, that's the, yeah. that song's in the background. And yeah. they'll show a picture of their mom or their dad and then a teenage dirtbag photo of them. And it's pretty interesting. So the idea is you share a picture of your, your parent now... 
And then, and a then like a teenage dirtbag photo. Of so like somebody would find when I did like uh, I put like a thousand braids in my hair and I did this like pineapple look exactly. My, and they'd be exactly. like, "Look at this douchebag!" Like look yeah. at or they're like, "Look, here's my dad when he had frosted tips, like that kind of thing." I am in favor of this. <laughs> it's I, I actually I like love this. This this a lot of things about social media are stupid. This is not. They're like, here's my mom when she wore denim on denim. Oh, tremendous. That's so good. It is a good trend. Plus, your parents will never know they're not on. That's right. Like, they'll be mocked unmercifully (laughs) on the internet, and your parents will never know about it. Yep. It's a ten and a half. It's it's a good trend. I do like this. Have you you seen them? I have not seen them. I have not seen them. It's only on TikTok? It's uh, as far as I know. I mean, I'm sure some of them get posted on Instagram too, but here, like, if I look up Teenage Dirtbag on TikTok, there's gonna be a million of them that come up. Hang on a second. Yeah, here we go. uh, I'm trying to pull up. There's Um, just like a million of them all in here. Um Yeah, it's clearly a thing. It's it's clearly although hang on a second. I feel like some people are doing it for themselves. Yes, that's yeah, yeah, that's I think yeah, that's a little bit like that's that. just trying to latch on. Parents, that's, that's fun, but yourself <laughs> is just a little bit. Right. You want to see Tom Holland's teenage dirtbag? He probably looks the same. Oh uh, yeah, he looks still looks he looks the same. But he's as posting he does it there. for himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's no, somebody. I, well, somebody. He didn't post it. Somebody else. Oh, just somebody else. Oh, yeah, somebody else takes it. Up. Their teenage dirtbag. One. It's one of the greatest songs of all time. There was a uh, there was a thing floating around uh, yesterday on social media. I noticed that Return of the Mac was trending, and Return of the Mac is also one of the greatest uh, uh, pieces of music in, in human history. And the reason why it was trending was because somebody posted like, "All right, Black Twitter, it's time to choose Return of the Mac or This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan." I'm like, "What the f?" <laughs> I don't even hate This Is How We Do It. I know it was vastly overplayed, and it became you know kind of a caricature of a song. But I still think that it's a banger. I still think that, like, if I, still, I, was, I love that song. If I was out somewhere and I heard it, I'd sing along to every word. Like, I still think it's the case. But you're the comparing it to Return of the Mac, one of the most important pieces of music ever. You know how many times I would, like, I knew what Mark Morrison was feeling? You lied to me! You lied! And I do! And I do! You know how many times that would go on in my life? As uh, my friend Sean Creedle, who used to sit in on uh, uh, Glenn, my old show, my radio show, said, I remember you once playing that song ten times in one show. Yes, I did, because it's one of the greatest songs of all time. Teenage Dirtbag, quite similar. Teenage Dirtbag is ubiquitous, despite the, t- the fact that it was a song from uh, my high school years. The emotions, the teenage angst, that you can feel within that song, they exist throughout humanity. The feeling of not being worthy of someone's love and then finding out that the girl that you had the crush on actually felt the same way about you, it don't matter. You could be born in 1983 or 2003. You could be born in this year and probably understand it. Like, it is perfection. As songs go, I am so glad that this is the soundtrack for a popular trend. May it live on forever. May Teenage Dirtbag never die. I put the guy on a show a couple years ago because I was like, dude, you have no idea what your song means to me. And he was like, well, actually, I, I kind of do. <laughs> like, I've heard that. From, I wrote the thing. I've heard that from basically everyone I've ever come across. I get the sense that he'd be like, it'd be nice if someone wanted to talk to me about one of my other songs, but no one ever does. It's always the one song, and it's nice to have something that has stood the test of time the way that Teenage Dirtbag goes. With your life on the line, you could not name the artist that performed Teenage Dirtbag. 
No, I couldn't. I I I, I could. I just looked it up. So of course, that's of course, why I know. Of course, you couldn't. Yeah. Weedus. Yeah. Weedus. Weedus. The band that gave us Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> All right. And number three, what else are the Young Utes? Because that one I liked. First one, not so much. That one. It, it was, you know, it really because th- these. I think what happened was the first yeah. one was a little bit of a not a stretch. I but care just, about the Playboy Cardi thing. Yeah, I think that's, it, I think that's it's interesting. These two <laughs> are just such heavy hitters that the balding thing just kind of had to take a backseat. All right. All right. All right. No uh, Kanye West. Well, first, let me premise this by saying so we all know Kim K and Pete Davidson are done. Uh, it's very sad. I, I haven't really gotten over it yet. Lo- uh, love is yeah. not real. Kanye West continued his streak of just like trolling people basically by he's since deleted it. But the day that they yeah, announced I, they were divorced, he earned like, you know, split up or whatever you want to call it. He posted a picture of a newspaper with yes. the headline Skeet Davidson dead at 28. Mm-hmm. I saw that. <laughs> Very cool, Kanye. Uh, yeah. Very cool. And yeah, like all of his, fr- like all of like his other friends in the comments. Really. Like, By the way, and yeah. that's, this is the real, the real issue with like just, I, no one is. I hate. I, this is when you hate the internet because n- there is no thought that life is real, that any of these people are real, that you can just do whatever the f you want, and in Stan culture, it's okay. Um, this is the issue with all of that, right? Um. It turns into this debate about, well, hey, well, Pete Davidson was a D-bag to, to Kanye West. Who cares? What does this have to do with you in any way? The, the only thing you should say is, like, I hope these people get help. All of them. You know, Kanye West I haven't liked talking about for a long time because he's so far gone. I, I don't know that there's any coming back from it. Um, and and his music is not nearly as good anymore as people still try to pretend like it is. Once upon a time, it was phenomenal. It was outstanding. And then people just started calling him a genius. He is not, but they just started calling him a genius. So it didn't matter if he was making good music or not because they had decided that everything the man did musically, it did not matter how crazy he was because everything he did musically was so good. That's not the case. He's made a lot of bad music. Over those years, you're just, this is, you know what's funny? We do the same thing with Taylor Swift. We've all convinced ourselves that Taylor Swift is, is genius. Her folk record stunk. It was terrible. It won album of the year at the Grammys because no one is capable of saying, hey, this is actually very bad. We wouldn't, like, have, we wouldn't have got Taylor Swift without Kanye. He made, uh, he made her famous. Right. Yeah, that's not okay. true, uh, but yes, I, no, I get it's it. True. I mean, he did raise her level of fame. Opened that up a be, whole that, can that of worms might be right true. there. Um, it's just all of it is so pathetic, like all of it. And I saw that like Pete Davidson's going to see somebody about the PTSD he's experienced from being harassed by Kanye West. And like, if that's true, I, I feel for the man. I'm glad he's getting help. I wish that at some point Kanye West would get help, but he won't do that because he feels like that he has to be this guy because it's what makes him so scary, fascinating, and interesting, and all that. God damn. It's a headache. Oh, it's very sad. I'm a big Kanye fan. Why? Uh, because I love because he's because he's because like you said, he's a genius. I mean, no, he's not. Yeah, he's not yeah. even remotely a genius. Not a little bit of a genius. He makes really, he made really, some, really. Good he used music. to make some good music. He used to make some very good music. He's he started not making good music. He started thinking it like he. He started appreciating the smell of his own farts. Like I'm, whatever I do is so good, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. And that was a long time ago. Like it's been a decade at least. And like, we just life don't. Of Pablo, ha- life of Pablo, very good album. <sighs> We're just gonna keep doing this. 
Yes. Yeah. We're just we're, gonna we're, keep I doing mean, we're this. gonna have to. God, Six years apparently. ago. One of one of the I didn't know Griffin was a Stan was involved. I am. In stan I guess I culture. am a Kanye Stan God, technically. It's oh, it's so embarrassing. God, no, it's, it's embarrassing. Oh, great, great. No musical artist. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Stop. Yes. You're embarrassing yourself. I'm not embarrassing myself because one it's day true. in the future. When you're a little bit older and you have more things going on in your life, you're gonna realize I how never, I never will because is. college dropout exists. Right. No, uh, college so. dropout was a wonderful <laughs> record. That's the thing. Once upon a time, he made good music, and that's all he needed to do. It was a very long time ago, and he still followed it up. All right, Carson Weekly, thank you, pal. You did yeah. a good job all summer long. Thank you, yeah, for the opportunity and. <laughs> that just I mean, sort yeah. of tailed off right I, don't know. Seems, I was uh, expecting there to be a follow up to it. It went by fast. It was just like uh and uh It did it did fly by. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like oh oh seems like Okay, that's it. That's it then. <laughs> seems like just yesterday just I was uh, seems like just yesterday I was Yeah, hearing. you've grown up so much. <laughs> well, it seems like just yesterday I was hearing Andrew Stecker saying how much that's he, liked, right. he liked the idea of two guys. That's that was right. that he was did. my first day. He did like the idea. And now of two here guys. we are. We should bring that clip back. Thank you for the reminder. New table, new studio. That's right. That's right. We Same guys. The glow up as the kids. Yes, say. The, it was a glow up. All right. Very good. Our number 1 of today's show is in the books. When we come back in we're going to chat with Mike Bordick, uh, get his thoughts on what ended up being an awkward weekend, just where the or- Orioles are as a whole. What the hell are they doing with D.L. Hall? We'll talk about all that. Mike Bordick joins us next, Glenn Clark Radio. Visit Howard County presents the 2022 Major League Quidditch Championship, a Harry Potter-inspired, real-life, full-contact, mixed-gender, 12-team Quidditch tournament happening at Troy Park in Elkridge, August 20th through the 22nd. For tickets and more information, go to visithowardcounty.com. Maryland, be open for it. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports 
Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. These are the final days for you to pick up the very special Salute to Coaches issue of Press Box with John Harbaugh on the cover and eight other area high school, college, and pro coaches recognized inside with amazing stories told by the athletes whose lives they've impacted the most. You can find the Salute to Coaches issue for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always read every Press Box print issue at PressBoxOnline.com and coming soon. Our football preview issue, which features Ravens tight end Mark Andrews on the cover and profiles of players from Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me, right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. In the hour number two of the program, a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio, our buddy Jeremy Kahn will check in with us a little bit later on. Right now, uh, speaking of 105.7 The Fan, you hear this man, Baltimore Baseball Tonight, as well as, of course, yeah, he's the work he's done with the Baseball Warehouse and his insane nutritional advice that he gives you where I could never eat like him, but I, of course, also not never look like he does with his shirt off. That will never happen. He is our friend Mike Bordick, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Mike, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, I'm great. Good morning. How you doing? I'm all right. It would have been nice if the uh, the Orioles had won one, one of the last two games. It was kind of a bummer of a way for the weekend to turn after Friday night. Let, let me start, if I could, with you. What do you make of all of this with D.L. Hall? Like, what do you make of this? Got to bring him up to get a start, to get his feet wet before we send him back down to get in the bullpen. Adley Rutschman not catching him on Saturday. Like, I, I don't think I'm mad about it, but I admittedly am a bit confused by everything that they're doing, Mike. No, absolutely. I'm right there with you. I, I've been uh, scratching my head about this uh, ever since D.L. got the call. Um. You know, it, and it, initially it sounded like Mike Elias was saying, at least by the tone of his voice, that he was here. He, he had arrived to the big leagues, and he will help this team, you know, make a push uh, for the postseason. Um, so wrong about that. Absolutely, why would Natalie Rutschman catch him in his debut? I mean, I would think he'd be very comfortable throwing to Adley Rutschman after all the times they've worked together in the minor leagues. And then to, boom, send him out like that. It, and, and to actually call him up to play against Tampa in arguably one of the most important series of the year, at right. least to this point, and, uh, and then send him right back out and say, well, we're going to use him in the bullpen. Now, I initially had hoped that he would actually start in the bullpen. You know, I think Brandon Hyde's got a nice feel for players. I think what he did with Adley Rutschman when he came out and said, well, I wanted to start him lower in the batting order just to get him, you know, acclimatized a little bit to the big league level, not to put too much uh, pressure on him. 
and then boom, now he's a number two hitter. Who knows? He'll probably be a three hitter when it's all said and done. But uh, I thought they might do the same thing with DL Hall. And, you know, I, I know the bullpen's really strong, but they've lost a huge piece with uh, Lopez. And who knows? He could work uh, arguably like an Aiken out, out of the bullpen. And, and if he settles in, you know, boom, give him an inning. And then, hey, he looked really good. Let's try him for another inning. Right. Let's try him for another inning. So, uh, but I was completely wrong on that, and I'm still scratching my head about it. And hopefully, I think when September comes, uh, we may see both Grayson Rodriguez and DL Hall in that Oriole bullpen. Well, and that's the, it. Sounds like that's what the plan is. It sounds like they're going to bring him back up for that type of role. I just they, they, when they when they use the words, he's got to get his feet wet. All I could think, Mike, is like, well, why does it? If he's going to be used as a reliever, why does he have to get his feet wet as a starter? Like what? what? I don't understand that term. Yeah. He needed to get his feet wet. Like, why don't you just call him up when he's ready? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and why do you get your feet wet in the middle of a freaking playoff push? <laughs> right. You know, it's just that this doesn't make a lot of sense to me yeah. or anybody. I think maybe maybe some Michael Elias and Brandon Hyde, but uh, you know, I guess I guess one good thing is now he's he's pitched, so he's got a little bit of experience at the major league level. Um which could bode well for him when he gets called back up um, in September. Based on what you saw and what you've you know you've known and tracking him and following what he's done, there are Mike, there are there are scouts, there are people around baseball that that genuinely believe that his stuff ultimately, given how wild he's capable of being, but how electric his stuff is, um, that think that really D.L. Hall is a high-leverage reliever. Um, I, and I talked to one last week who said, I honestly believe he's Josh Hader, which, of course, you know, sounds good when you say it out loud, but obviously when you're the number two pitching prospect in an organization, if that's what you end up being, it's a bit of a disappointment because you're supposed to be a quality starter um, moving forward. Knowing what his stuff is, knowing kind of how effectively wild he's been, do you have any concerns about whether D.L. Hall really is a, a top-of-the-rotation type of major league starter? Absolutely, and I'll also argue that he is not even close to a Josh Hader, more uh, in line with a Tanner Scott. Okay. <laughs> you know, power arm, uh, that good, you know, good breaking ball, but just erratic, inconsistent, and always really has been. You know, he's going to be a high strikeout guy. But I will say this, if he comes in in high leverage situations and he walks one batter, then what do you do? You know what I mean? So he's got to be able to harness his command. That's it, bottom line, because obviously his stuff will play. I mean, freaking nasty, power fastball, pretty good breaking ball, the changeup, which, I don't know, he fell in love with and looks like it could be his best pitch, really. I mean, great changeup to play off that, that big fastball. So he's got the stuff. Now it's just a matter of, of finding a way to get it in the zone. You know, and I will say this, big league hitters, when, when guys know that a, a pitcher is, you know, erratic and consistent, they won't expand. They'll wait for the mistake up and out over and then jump on the mistake. And, and he couldn't locate his fastball for anything. He was all over the place with his fastball. So, um, you know, that's what the hope is, to find a way to harness that. The Orioles have worked incredible magic in that regard. Think about Perez. Think about Batista, both. Yeah guys all over the place with with could not harness anything and uh, boom now all of a sudden they're arguably the two best <laughs> young no, pitchers no in baseball so no doubt yeah so uh let's see hope that the orioles can work their magic 
with the L Hall as well. Uh, Mike, the other thing that really seems to be puzzling, and I don't want it to be all complaints because, again, the Orioles are a game and a half out of a playoff spot. We're, we're in one of the most magical runs we've ever seen in Baltimore baseball history. So I don't want this to be too negative, right? But I, I'll get one more gripe out that it seems like I'm not alone. A- anytime Brett Phillips gets an at-bat for the Baltimore Orioles, I find myself saying, what in the hell are we doing here? And <laughs> it, he comes off as a super nice guy. And I'm, I, I don't want to be too disparaging of a human being, but it's abundantly clear he can't be a major league hitter. Like, we have too much evidence at this point that the guy isn't a major league hitter. What's going on? Kyle Stowers is waiting, and I know you want him to play every day, but I would like to think that with the DH spot now open, you could move guys around to get him regular at-bats if he came up. I, what is your reaction, and how do you make sense of Brett Phillips' You know, being in the starting lineup yesterday for the Baltimore Orioles, to your point, in the midst of a playoff race. Well, that that might be the only argument. In the midst of a playoff race, he's been there. He helped, you know, the the Rays make it to the World Series. He's a high-energy guy. Other than that, if there's one place that the Orioles have great depth is their outfield. (sighs) McKenna has really kind of found himself at the major league level, his role. You mentioned Stowers in the minor leagues. There's a couple more outfielders in the minor leagues that could potentially, you know, come up and help. Um, you know, they've arguably got the best defensive outfield in baseball right now um, with, yep. with Mullins and Hayes yep. out there roaming around. Santander's having a career year. So, it, yeah, that's a little bit of a head-scratcher other than his the energy he brings is definitely in top. You know, everybody gets it. And, and I think that might be something that, who knows, may, may help the Orioles through these dog days and help them kind of get over the hump. But um, he's taken it bats away from Vavra. He's yep. taken it bats away from McKenna, who I think has earned, you know, that right to, to, to be in the Oriole lineup. Um, so I guess in that regard, it's unfortunate. But, um, yeah, definitely one of those moves where like, I think everybody is like, well, why did that happen? Why would they go out and get Phillips? Um, but there again, we, we – you know, hopefully uh, it, it'll work out and, and there'll be a big reason. And hopefully we see Phillips doing the airplane out on Camden Yards uh, <laughs> to help get him into the postseason. <laughs> right. I'm, inevitably, inevitably, of course, because I'm 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 coming off as trashing Brett Phillips. This means that he's going to end up with the biggest hit of the season. Like you just know that's the way it's going <laughs> right. to go. So go. I, everybody that's yells at me about it. Mike Bordick is with us uh-huh. here on GCR. Um, Mike, by the way, it's it's funny what you're saying because I use sort of the same things when people start complaining about Rugnet Odor, and I don't know. As I say, I don't think Rugnet Odor has to be in the lineup every night. But you can see the impact that Rugnet Odor has on this roster. You can see how these guys take their cues from this dude. It also ha- so happens to be that as bad of a season as Rugnet Odor is having, he ain't hitting 145. <laughs> like He's still a lot better than Brett Phillips, and he clearly come- has come through with a lot of big hits, including the home run last week. But uh, anytime someone complains about Rugnet Odor you know, having a spot on the roster, that's where I step in and say, no, 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 that's the one. I don't think he's part of any sort of long-term plans, but you can see the impact that guy has on the other 24 guys on this roster. Well, no doubt about that. And Brandon Hyde has alluded to that many times this year, and not just because of the you know, multiple big hits he's had. I think, what's he got, 11 or 12 home runs, and I think six of them have been 
huge home runs for the team. They'll put him ahead or help win the ball game. So, you know, his defense sometimes can uh, leave you scratching your head. Uh, his base running at times can do the same. But Brandon Hyde talks more about his clubhouse presence, um, his veteran leadership, which I think, you know, year in and year out, you just cannot underestimate the value of a veteran leader in, in a young team's clubhouse. Um, you know, for years now we've had players and I always think, okay, they're not going to trade him because they love his veteran leadership. Look what he's done for so many young infielders. This and that. Well, they trade him away. Well, then they inevitably go out and get, find another veteran guy or two like Jordan Lyles, for instance, who's, you know, he, he, he is what he is. I, I know he's pitched pretty well. Um, for the Orioles may be better than everybody expected. Yep. Um, but he's been a stabilizer in the clubhouse for so many of the young arms. And I think Odor is right there in that category, really good veteran leader. And you know, who knows where the Orioles would be without his presence to keep guys cool, uh, calm and having fun in, in the clubhouse. Has Jorge Mateo been good enough? Like, I mean, it's, it's absurd, right? Like I think we're all having great joy watching this young man play baseball, but is it to the point where you've got to start figuring out? Because we know there are infield prospects coming. Gunnar, Hen- Gunnar Henderson's going to be here. Uh, Jordan Westberg, not far after that. And and Joey Ortiz, there's you know Prado, there's a ton of them. But is he playing well enough? I know the average still for the season is not overwhelming, even after five hits on Friday night. Um, but just what you see from him and all the other things he does, that you start have to think about, like, a plan for this guy to be part of things moving forward because his skill set is just so unique. He is incredible. He really is. And there is, I don't care how good a kid is in the minor leagues. There is nobody better than him right now. And that's even in the big leagues. He is just a freak defender. He covers as much ground as I've ever seen. He has the ability to throw off balance. He, Shoot, that one play he made the other night oh where my God. he cut across the front of Odor and glove flipped it all in one move. Brilliant. But un- unbelievable play. I mean, and you wonder, what the heck is he doing in foul territory now over by first base? He's a shortstop, for crying out loud. It's just, he really, he's really been impressive. His bat has certainly picked up. And, yeah, five hits, but he got another one in his first at-bat the next night. So it was six in a row. Broke up the no-hitter yesterday. He's having an outstanding second half offensively. I I just don't see how anybody would think about moving him off shortstop right now uh, unless it's for a blockbuster trade. But how would you want to give up that kind of elite speed, um, that kind of glove at shortstop? Um, Obviously, the bat is finally starting to come around. He's making great adjustments. And, yeah, he, he, in my opinion, gold glove shortstop, one of the best, if not the best, athletes in Major League Baseball right now. Unbelievable. I'm I'm far too old to put a poster on my wall, but, Mike, I would want to put a Jorge Mateo poster on my wall. Like, he's just that exciting to watch (laughs) as a baseball player. You're like, man, I'm going to turn the game on because I don't know what – I don't know. You bring up the play the other night, of course, the weekend before that, the insane double play on Saturday against the Pirates. Like, you just don't know what you're about to see the dude do next. Yeah, yeah, and he's all over the place. when he gets on base, you're just anticipating yep. a, a great stolen base. You know, um, always getting himself in a scoring position. If he's in at second base, I don't care where the ball's hit, he's going to score. Um, this blazing speed puts automatic pressure on opposing defenses, which 
you know, thank God it's starting to come back. And I think the Orioles have a handful of players that have that kind of speed to just put incredible amounts of pressure on defense. Cedric Mullins, uh, Mateo, uh, McKenna, they, they, Hayes, they all run really well. Yep. And, and I'm telling you, that goes a long way uh, as well. So, you know, we talk about the Orioles defense. We talk about their bullpen being so well. Um, but the pressure they put on the base pass is also a great tool they've great had point. for the success they've had at this point. It's a really good point. Mike, I, you know, I, I don't want to be over dramatic because teams lose two games. That happens. And it happens on the road sometimes, and you're playing against a good team. And it, it's remarkable the circumstances they're in. Do you worry at all about a team that's been playing, you know, probably over their heads, really, given what their talent level is? And if that were to continue and they were to lose two out of three in Toronto, something like that, do you worry about adversity perhaps being what, you know, catches up with this team? That that they're that at some point if they go through a stretch where they were to lose, you know, five of six, something like that, that that, that could be this team's downfall because ultimately they don't really have all of the talent to be able to overcome that, you know, going the rest of the way. Well, I think that uh, they've been through <clears throat> so much as a team that they, they could give a crap. Okay. I, I think okay. they have already established to themselves that they can, they can compete with anybody. They've played very well against the American League East this year. Um, they've won a ton of games. They were, you know, 8-8 eight and eight against Tampa up until that last series. But, um, you know, so I think they truly believe – in, in what they have. And I think a lot of times just a team chemistry can overcome a lot of deficiencies possibly, you know, by a team. And I think they're riding on a lot of team chemistry. I think they're playing the game very well uh, on both sides of the ball. I think they have some clutch hitters. I am a little concerned about Mount Castle's hand. Um, you know, he, he started coming back and then boom, his hand gets hit. But, uh, I just think they have a lot of great weapons. The one thing that could possibly falter for this team, and I know the starting pitching has been a little bit suspect lately, but you know, the bullpen, they're just, their innings are just so high. So that's when you hope that maybe DL Hall can make an adjustment and throw out of the pen. Grace Rodriguez might be able to come up to really give them a boost at the end of the season. But listen, they've been through so much. So many of these players on this team, they lost 110 games last year. They lost 105 years. Or, you know, so they've, they, they've battled through and, and they've all of a sudden they've come up and they feel like, Hey, we're, we're good enough. We can compete if we do the right things. If we, if we execute and, and play good defense, we have a chance to beat anybody in the game. So I think they really do believe in themselves and I hope they, they hold on because there haven't been, but a handful of games where they've been blown out and you think, Oh, this is a, this is a bad team. They are in just about every game they play. Really, it's a great point. It's a really good point, uh, and and maybe the, the adversity just doesn't it just doesn't register with them. Maybe there's like a naivety to it, right? Like we don't know yeah, that we're supposed right. to crumble in these moments. We're not. There you um, go. I, I know we've reached. This is uh, Mike. I almost feel like we have to do like give it to dedicate five minutes to the plugs portion of this because baseball warehouse feel League of Dreams. Um, you, the show. I know you're involved with Alloy. Give me. The, let's do the whole rundown of what we can plug for you, my friends. <laughs> well, we just got through a, a very successful summer of uh, baseball clinics with the baseball warehouse. It was a lot of fun. 
We went up to Pennsylvania, did some barnstorming up there with some clinics, um, worked with a lot of awesome baseball kids this summer, looking forward to some lessons this winter with the baseball warehouse. The League of Dreams continues to do just amazing work. Um, we're in hopes of really expanding. We've got a lot of great dreams on the horizon that uh, we're, we're hoping we can work with, with many more kids and make more of an impact in our communities. Um, Alloy Sports continues to grow and, and be strong. I'm really excited to be a part of that because uh, the NFL is yep. right around the corner, man. When the NFL comes, Alloy Sports is going to have another uh, grand opening, if you will, and uh, have another launch. So we're excited that, that more and more people are going to be involved with that as well. So a lot of good things happening and, and just great to be a part of so many uh, wonderful opportunities and great people to work with. And, of course, Baltimore baseball tonight on 105.7 The Fan. At M. Bordick on Twitter is how you follow him. Mike Bordick, always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me. It's Mike Bordick checking in with us and, and backing up a lot of the things that we were talking about. Like, you know, he's just as confused as we are about what all that was. And again, that doesn't mean that it dooms. I, I, I want to be careful in what we're saying. It's okay to say this doesn't make sense. It's okay to say this is confusing. It's okay to say it didn't really seem to work because it didn't seem to work. But we can't go too far with that. When we start projecting that and like this is disastrous or this is proof that the organization doesn't know what it's doing or something along those lines, that's where it becomes unfair. This doesn't make sense, and no one can make sense of it to me. But that doesn't mean it's going to ruin D.L. Hall. It doesn't mean it's going to ruin the Orioles. It doesn't mean it's going to ruin, you know, the trust they have in Brandon Hyde or in Mike. It doesn't mean any of those things. It's confusing. It's confusing. That's it. Yeah, and if, I mean, you know, it was one game, and if he would have gone out there and thrown six innings, given up one run, we won the game, we're probably in here talking about how exciting, how, how exciting it is and how he's going to be a well, piece down I, the stretch. Even if that was the case, though, I still feel like if they had said afterwards, yes, but we're sending him right back down, right. Yeah, and then it was, going, yeah, then we would still be confused, and that's the point. I'm just confused by it. I'm confused by why you needed to do it. And, it was weird. And, yeah. and all of that. Um, and you can't. Right now, Mike Elias could come over, sit down next to me, you know, hold my hand and walk me through all of it. And I'd still probably end up walking away like, yeah, but I don't think you had to. <laughs> like, I just don't think you had to do it that way. And that's an opinion. I don't have any fact to back it up with other than the way you did it didn't work on Saturday, right? Like, that's the only thing I have going for me with the bully pulpit. I don't think it's the end of the world, and I think we have to be careful I, it's okay to criticize certain things or to second guess or to, you know, be confused about them. It doesn't mean that I think that there is some sort of dis- internal disaster. It was brought up yesterday when we were doing the show on the fan. Like, it's weird that they did this in the same year that they had a very weird way of going about bringing up Adley Rutschman. And what it would project is maybe an awkwardness between, you know, organization, leadership, front office management on field that there isn't a concerted effort between everyone to let's make sure we get this right with Adley Rutschman it was why in the F are you bringing him up to make a debut on Preakness Day with you know six hours advance notice that the leadership in the organization should be the one saying hey we'd like to create ourselves a big event it would be nice if you would work with us in that and 
and help us out a little bit. Somebody brought up to me over the weekend, hey, aren't you the one that's always critical of them bringing, doing this with a, a prospect on the road? Well, I've said before, that's outweighed when you're in a playoff race. When, when the Adley Rutschman thing happened and I said, you better not bring him up on the road, in no world did I think the Orioles were ever going to be involved in a playoff race this season. It was going to be a throwaway season, so you damn well better bring him up at home and, and get that electric feeling for a home game. But if you're doing it in the name of competition, if you're calling someone up in the name of, hey, we want to win a game and we think this guy gives us the best chance to do it and the games are all really important and we need a starter on Saturday, which, again, we don't think they did. They literally pitched Spencer Watkins in the same game. They didn't need a starter. But if you're still doing it in the name of competition, I can forgive that. I don't think that creates – that's not embarrassing to call a prospect up when you're doing it to try to win. But were you doing it to try to win? <laughs> if you were, I would have thought that Adley Rudgeman would be behind the plate. I would think that Cedric Mullins would be in the – you know, like I, I – that's why it's all so confusing. I'm I'm not quite as critical because I get it. D.L. Hall isn't Adley Rutschman. You only get one Adley Rutschman. You only get to do that once. That was a there's no way of getting around it. That was a failure. That was a massive blunder from this organization from top down. Now Adley Rutschman has looked the part and appears to be the rock star we all thought he was going to be, and that's more important than the circumstances by which he made his debut. It was more important that Adley Rutschman become the player that everybody needs him to be. But it's just a lot of confusing. It's just a lot. There's so much confusing here. Like, what is the thought process? Uh, and again, in, I couldn't help but think about it. Like, anytime Brett Phillips is in the lineup, I do have those feelings come back. Like, really? You couldn't have Trey Mancini out there? Like, really? R really? I struggle with it. And again, I'm the guy that said, I think you did better in a Trey Mancini trade than I could have reasonably expected you to do. But still, I'm going to have those emotions. You're putting Brett Phillips in your lineup. He's a career sub-200 hitter. He's not a guy having a bad season. He's never been good. Again, I hate this because he just seems like a really great guy. But, like, I, I know good guys. I know plenty of them. Jeremy Kahn's a good guy. I don't want him betting... In the eighth spot for the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> At least uh, they got Grayson Rodriguez up there to see uh, DL's debut. I mean, cool. I mean, like it's cool. I you know, don't get me wrong. Like I'm, it's a neat thing yeah. that Grayson was able to be there to watch his buddy pitch. But like, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can have the hindsight that we have with the Adley Rushman debut and be like, yeah, the, that was weird. The, but uh, yeah, we're by, here by now. the midway point of next season. We're all like, look, yeah. DL Hall's a star. And but so, yeah, just. Such odd circumstances. It's weird, man. I can't. I can't. I keep saying that word because I can't shake it. It's so weird. Like I keep trying to like think of. I'm. I'm trying to do the bit where like when I see what everybody else is complaining about on the internet, can I be the voice of reason? And I can't. I cannot find. Well, I'll let Jeremy attempt. I mean, I'll give him a shot. Like I. I'm so lost. I'm so lost by what the thought process is in relation to what you were doing here. Again, hopefully not a big deal. Hopefully in a couple weeks he's back up. He's helping out in the bullpen to Mike Bordick's point. Perhaps you have some arms that are getting tired. Keegan Aiken has looked like someone who's maybe, you know, been impacted by the number of innings that he's thrown this season, although that's a little bit odd considering he was a starter. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just 
Weird, 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 dude. Weird, weird, weird. Indeed. Weird, weird. <laughs> All right. Today's show brought to you by the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Oto. Hey, uh, how'd your uh, how'd your bet go? The uh, the my gratuitous. Oh, oh no, the Dominic Cruz. That uh, so unfortunately, I mean, Cheeto won, yeah. but he, he got a knockout in the fourth round. And what was what was I your, needed him to win a decision? Did, that's right, yeah. you had to go. In so distance. I probably should have just done one, the same thing I did with Nunez, Ooh. where like you know get him to win four, now, five, or decision. Now and the I, question becomes: I did have another bet hit that. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't the one. Uh, that, yeah, it wasn't the one I gave. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't help us. It was, it it was, a, it you're, was when you tell other people to bet with you, those are the ones that need to hit. Like well, I have proof. I uh, like make any. Oh, but in private, I won a lot of bets. That doesn't help anybody, Griffin. Are you planning on giving that money to our listeners and our viewers? Well, no. No. You can't split tests eleven ways. I'll hit on this week. Eleven. This week's is going to be great. I mean, I can't wait. Uh, for this it. is a big fight this week, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, what is this? Uh, this is uh, Kamaru yeah, Kamar Usman and Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards rematch from 2015, I think. This is Saturday yeah. night. This is Saturday UFC night, yeah. 278. Uh, you can watch it. In the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel and bet on every fight with lots of props available. 61 self-service kiosks. I keep trying to tell you this whenever UFC fights come around. You order the fight at home, it's costing you, Griffin, you said it's $75 It is now? $75. The price has gone up. Once upon a time, to it was watch it 50 because I ordered a few fights in my day. Um, uh, I ordered, I'm kind of embarrassed by how many Brock Lesnar fights I ordered in my life. Um, $75 now. To order a pay-per-view. So you want to do that. That's how you want to spend your Saturday night. You're also going to, you know, you're still going to spend money on food. You're still going to order wings or pizza or whatever it's going to be. You're going to beg your friends to come over and then split the cost, and they're going to dip over, and they're going to bring, like, a two-liter of soda, and then they're going to for never give you any cash. You're like, oh, dude, sorry, I don't have any cash. Or just kind of avoid the subject the entire time. Like, assume that you were buying the fight for them and just doing it out of kindness. And you're like, hey, man, thanks. They're like, ah, oh, it would be nice if you slipped me a couple of bucks, and they're not going to do that. You're going to be very frustrated if that ends up being the way your night goes. Or you can watch the fights for free, win some money betting on the fights, and that could pay for all the delicious food that you get while you're at Sports and Social and the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel on Saturday night. Always big crowds, and this is a huge fight, so there's going to be a massive crowd in the FanDuel Sportsbook for this one. So you want to go ahead and reserve your spot right now by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. That's events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your spot right now for UFC 278, Kamaru Usman and Leon Edwards, Saturday night in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Come back in. Jeremy Kahn. 105.7 The Fan. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Forget plus-minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to 10 simple player props and score points for the ones you get right, so you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus, you can play all the major pro sports, including your favorite local team, 
games. If you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com slash pressbox to sign up and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out. Plus, they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox. These are the final days for you to pick up the very special Salute to Coaches issue of Press Box with John Harbaugh on the cover and eight other area high school, college, and pro coaches recognized inside with amazing stories told by the athletes whose lives they've impacted the most. You can find the Salute to Coaches issue for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always read every Press Box print issue at PressBoxOnline.com and coming soon, our football preview issue, which features Ravens tight end Mark Andrews on the cover and profiles of players from Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Visit Howard County presents the 2022 Major League Quidditch Championship, a Harry Potter-inspired, real-life, full-contact, mixed-gender, 12-team Quidditch tournament happening at Troy Park in Elkridge, August 20th through the 22nd. For tickets and more information, go to visithowardcounty.com. Maryland, be open for it. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Back in here on GCR. It is a Monday edition of the program. Orioles get back in action tonight as they head up to Toronto to start a three-game set against the Blue Jays. Of course, this weekend is the uh, the Sunday night game, the game up in Williamsport against the Red Sox, um, which is a cool thing and kind of maybe breaks up some of the monotony of baseball season. I do. I am I am very much in favor of more of these types of events throughout the course of the year that just do a little bit to break up the monotony of a 162-game season. We'll talk about that more as the week goes on. It's Monday. That means Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan, Big Bad Morning Show, and his picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com is with us. What's going on, buddy? How are you? What's up, man? You're good. Can I ask you for a per- are, you, are you coming out on Saturday, by the way? Saturday, uh, I have uh, – what do I have? I, I have something else that's coinciding, but I'm trying to, like, Double dip and make you're trying to you're trying to do the bit where Corey Matthews was both at Topanga's 16th birthday and Vader's big wrestling match at the arena at the same time. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I I'm I'm begging you to not bring any malort if you do. I'm I know that it's going to fall on deaf ears. I know how the day is going to go, but I'm going to beg you anyway. Please do not bring any malort. I don't want to die on Saturday. Okay. All right. Okay. Sounds like a plan, man. (laughs) 
It's got to be there. He's going to do it anyway. Who am I kidding? Um, all right. Let's, let's, I got a few things for you. Before we get into the, the sports stuff, so Reed and I had some fun with this. And if you don't have one off the top of your head but you're willing to think about it, I'd like to set it up. If you know one right off the top of your head, we can just go with it. Um, so the Fernando Tatis thing is, is a top 10 funny thing that's ever happened once you realize what he did, right? Like once, mm-hmm. once you realize that somebody in his camp said, oh, that's what he tested positive for? I'm pretty sure that's the same thing that you use to cure ringworm, so let's just make up a story that he had ringworm, and that's what it is, until all of the smart people came out and said, no, it sounds like the name of the drug that you use for ringworm. They're actually very much two different things. So they went through this elaborate process of putting out this excuse, which a lot of people didn't buy anyway, but at least some people kind of did. And then we found out within hours it's 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 utterly uh, farcical because it's literally a different drug than the one that he tested positive for. And it got me thinking about the funniest lies that I've ever been caught telling over the years. And the one that I shared yesterday, Jeremy, is I was once... I, I like after my sophomore year of college, I was talking to a girl. I'll say her name is Carrie from home. And I was headed down to the beach with the boys for the week. And I said, why don't you come join us at the beach? And she said, great. I got to work during the week, but I'll meet you guys down there on Thursday. And I said, cool. And then when I got to the beach, I met another young lady. And I was, oh, very nice. I was spending the week with her. And, you know, there were sleepovers involved and things like that, right? So I didn't think it was a good idea for Carrie to come visit because even if, like, I tried to push this other girl off, like, there might be someone saying, hey, weren't you just hanging out with, you know, like, I was just worried about that. So I called Carrie and said, oh, I'm very sick. I'm very sick. I'm doing the voice and everything. I'm having my boy in the background be like, oh, dude, it's bad. He's got to go. And I'm telling her, I'm going home. Don't come to the beach. I'm going home. I probably need a couple days to feel better, and then I'll call you, and we can get together, all right? She had already made plans for the weekend, so what she did was she just told her mom and sister, why don't we go down to the beach for a couple days? And literally that night, I am walking the boardwalk, and I swear to God, I hear, what the hell? And she sees me at the beach. And it's just an insanely dumb lie that I had told that I, I'm trying to, like, I'm literally, the wheels are turning. Like, uh, oh, I just, I felt better. I was going to call you and tell you you could come down tomorrow. Like, that it was just insane, oh. the, the stupidity of the lie that I told that I got caught telling. So, do, do so you, I guess you just have to eat it at that point, right? Oh, like, there's, there's yeah, nothing. I, lied. I wasn't ready to tell yeah. her about the other girl. Like, I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. But, like, it's, she didn't care. She wasn't even going to, like, she was so infuriated that she and her mom and sister just basically stormed off, and I did not speak oh. to her for some time. Um, uh, and and ev- the ironic part about the story. And so is, you married Carrie correct. almost ten years ago. <laughs> actually, we did end up literally a summer later. We actually ended up dating for the summer. Like it's a real thing. But do you have a hilarious lie story that you've told that you can think of off the top of your head, or do you want me to just start going and then maybe you can come? No, back no. As soon as you brought it up, so it's it's a lie in a different way though. So when okay. I was in um, what grade was I in? I was in sixth grade. And I, I got off the bus, and I, I was always an A and B student, you know, like every single. And I ended up getting a D. I, I was put into gifted and talented math classes, and my first time going through it, I got a D in the second quarter in sixth grade. So I was taking like algebra in sixth grade, and and 
my idea was, oh, this is this is bulletproof. I get the report card. Why don't I just change the D to a B? Oh, and God. my dumb no, you... dad will never notice. Oh, Jeremy. And and so in black, by the way, it was black ink that was on the report card, and I changed it to a B in blue. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I caught the worst ass whooping yeah. I ever had from my parents. Like my dad, my dad said, I'm not even mad that you got a D. I'm so mad at you for thinking I was so stupid right. to believe that's that a the... blue B would show. Yeah, correct. So, like that's the part. How dumb are you? <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, I, I tell this story and this is the God's honest truth. I got beat so bad with a shoe that day that I had the Nike swoosh across my ass. <laughs> um, it's, it's still the worst beating I've ever taken in my life. Oh, my God. So, All right, that good. That's yeah. good. That is a very dumb lie. That is an extraordinarily dumb. That is a Fernando Tatis-level lie. That and then told. there was also one time where my buddy at my house knocked over my mom's favorite statue, and then we went off to find right. uh, One-Eyed Willie's gold. Right, And right. the Fratellis were chasing us. Yeah, yeah so I remember that. I remember that story. I had a situation with Dong in my automobile uh, one time. <laughs> Dong. Where is my automobile? automobile? God. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Good stuff. Um, okay, so we're trying to make sense of the D.L. Hall thing. And I, I don't like just being the guy that piles on on the Internet. Like, if there's, there's a group think thought and... I, I like to try to think it through a little bit and try to make sense of it and say, all right, let's think about it this way. But I got to be honest with you, dude, I have not come up with it. I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's proof that the Orioles are incompetent. I I, I don't. I think that ultimately D.L. Hall might come up and be just fine, right? But I can't mm-hmm. get over how weird all of this is. I can't get over how weird it is to say, well, we need to get his feet wet but specifically as a starter on the road in a really big game where Adley Rutschman isn't going to be catching and Cedric Mullins isn't going to be in the lineup just to send him back down to be a reliever in a couple of weeks. Like, why couldn't they have just made the adjustment to him being a reliever in the minor leagues, which it appeared for a little while as they were doing, as he was only pitching for about an inning for a couple of outings, and then call him up when he's ready to help the team. I, I, can't, I can't make sense of it no matter how hard I try. Yeah, like I, I remember Scott and I used to have this bit where we talk about the, the starting pitcher who can never win, he can only lose, and that was Tanner Scott mm. when the Orioles were trying to stretch him out in the minors and he would pitch the first three innings. And the joke of it is you have to go five innings to be qualified for a right. start. So literally the only thing he could do is lose. So, um, you know, we, we had some fun with that. Like when you put it in that type of – like I don't have an issue with them calling D.L. Hall up to pitch. Like some people are upset, like, hey, we're in the minute of a pennant race and this and that. Uh, but we're in the middle of trying to make the playoffs, I should say. Uh, you're trying to make the playoffs, and you call this guy up. I don't think there's anybody in this rotation that I go, oh, my God, he, he D.L. Hall has no business starting a game over them. So I had no problem with him being called up. But I agree with you with, like, it doesn't – I don't understand we're sending him back down now to go get used to pitching in relief. Like, I, I don't know. It just – like, that's something you could have done ahead of time. Right. Um, the, the Adley Rutschman thing, I think, like – so if it were my team and I was doing it, I'd want Rutschman to catch. But I also think, you know, at the same extent, uh, trying to make this guy as comfortable as possible, I don't think you have to go out of your way to do it. But it did seem kind of weird after the fact with him being sent back down that just kind of I didn't understand what they were doing in that whole process. I, I am beyond confused by it. And again, th- there's a limit to that because I, I feel like when whenever this happens, people take it to the next step. And I, I don't think there's a next step to this. I think it's weird and then if he comes back up in a couple of weeks and is a helpful piece out of the bullpen, all it ever is is weird. It's just one of those, 
Hey, remember how weird that was? What they did with him that day? Like, you know, so that's, like if they skip Spencer Watkins in the rotation, like to me, that's not the end of the no, world. No, it's at definitely all. not like, the yeah. end of the world. But, but uh, yeah. you, I guess you didn't need to do it. Like Spencer Watkins was available to pitch that day, and he actually mm-hmm. had pitched quite well in his last start before that. The weird part is he had a couple of bad starts before that. So if you had done this like last Friday it would have made a bit more sense because he hadn't pitched well. But then he was great in his last start against the Pirates. So I I, I don't know. I just just keep sort of being befuddled by the whole thing where I'm like, I I think it's going to be okay, but, man, this is a strange thing to have had happen over the course of the weekend. Where are you with D.L. Hall in general where – you know, I was just telling – we put J.J. Cooper on from Baseball America last week because, you know, Gunner became their number one prospect – and he was like, dude, if I'm being honest, D.L. Hall to me is Josh Hader. Like, he's he's got electric stuff, but the idea that he's going to suddenly get control of it all now at the major leagues to become a top-notch starter, I, I'm not seeing that. I think he's a guy that could be really great for one inning. Like, that's what I think he is. Um, and that's he's not yeah. alone. There are more and more people talking about, like, we keep convincing ourselves that his stuff is so good that he's got to be able to harness it but we only really see it for stretches. Like we see a couple of starts where he's, you know, literally unhittable, and then after that, it kind of goes away. Where are you with DL Hall on the whole? Yeah, it's it's funny that well, on the whole, no, I. It's funny that you know when you Thank talk you. about DL Hall, and you, you yeah, you Thank mentioned you. Josh Hader because that's who Rob's been comparing him to all along, um, saying that he feels like he's going to grade out that way, and. Uh, ultimately be a, a prize piece in the bullpen. And there's nothing wrong with that. Hell, the Orioles have had plenty of those guys. Whether you want to talk about Mattis, Britton, that we expected to be starters, and they end up being failed starters, but turned into pretty good bullpen arms. So if that's the route they're taking, I mean, I think it's better to realize it sooner than later. And it doesn't mean you can't go back to him being a starter if, if you feel like that's something you want to try again and kick the tires on it. But right now, you know, why not try him in the bullpen and, and see if that's something and you can shorten these games. Like there was a big article that was put out I want to say it was by the score on the wall being moved back and like mm, the next level yep. thinking that the front office had. And I yep. thought it was really well done and, um, and making the games like lower scoring games. So you're in it more when you have a lower payroll and less talent um, overall. And that, you know, it could lead to more wins. Nobody thought it would lead to this season that right. they're having. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. And that's why I said, if they lose every game the rest of the way, this has still been a successful season. Of in course. my mind. I don't envision that happening, but, but, yeah, with, with Hall, I, I ultimately I think he ends up as a bullpen guy. I had some guys this weekend at a charity softball tournament I played in. They were like, hey, what do you think of Dale Hall? And I said, well, you watch tonight. He's going to strike out a couple of guys, and there's times you're going to watch him going, huh, a little wild, you know, a little off the plate. Kind of Is he nibbling, or is that the makeup of him? And um, I think we got to see a good bit of both sides of that, where you see the power arm and you saw the struggles controlling it and keeping it in the strike zone. Jeremy Kahn is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jeremy, I, to your point, I don't like – you know, the Orioles lost two games in Tampa against a good team. Like, that's going to happen. To good teams, it's going to happen, right? So I'm not trying to be too negative. Yeah. But I did admittedly, like, after the overwhelming emotion that I felt on Friday night, like, on Friday night, I was ready. I mean, I was running through walls on Friday night. Like, it was the best offensive performance of the season. Jorge Mateo is the greatest thing to happen to shortstops since you know, Ozzie Smith. Like, I, I'm, I'm just in love. And then, so it was a, a bit of a gut punch the next couple days. And then I, I, I couldn't help it yesterday as I'm looking up at the TV, and, and obviously, thank God, they didn't get you know perfect gamed. But anytime I see Brett Phillips on a baseball field, I just I can't, I can't help myself. I literally get angry. 
And I hate that because he, he does. He comes off as this really great guy. But as I said before, I think you're a good guy, and I sure as hell don't want you on a baseball field um, wearing. No offense, well, that's like a little unfair. I, I know. I, well, not a, not a, wearing an Orioles uniform. You could you know do whatever okay. else you want to do in a baseball field. Like I'm so befuddled. It it it. I hate making the comparison to Major League, but like. It really does feel like you guys are playing too well. We have to make it more difficult for you. Brett Phillips is not a major league baseball player. Why are we still doing this bit? Like what? See when I when when I brought up, I said to the guys because I was the only one that said it, it doesn't bother me that they traded for Brett Phillips um, as a lefty bat and a defensive replacement, and there'll probably be some flipping between he and McKenna in situations righty lefty when guys are getting days off. It doesn't bother me. They talk about him being a great clubhouse guy, all those things. But uh, I said it was akin to arguing about the, the napkin setting at a really nice dinner because, like, to me, that, that trade means nothing. He's not playing every day. He's going to play, you know, he's going to be on your bench primarily. But I get it. Like, I mean, you look at his batting average and you go, what is this about? Um, you know, and he is. He's a solid defensive player, left-handed bat. But he really doesn't have, like, to me, he reminds me a little bit of, of Ryan Flaherty. Not that I mean, Flaherty played multiple positions, but you're talking about an outfielder that's good defensively. That doesn't bring much stick. He, he runs into one every once in a while, and um, and then that that's supposed to make you happy. Although we haven't seen him run into one. That's I mean, that's the part. Like I I, I could justify even if he was like a two twenty hitter, I could say all right, he does he plays some defense. He's not out there. He can't hit at all, like at all. He's he's hitting 145, and it's not like it's that far off. It's not like he's having a historically bad season. He's a career so 180 you, hitter. Can I give you the, the grading system that one uh, emailer sent us when okay. we were arguing about Jorge Mateo? Okay. He said when we compared Jorge Mateo and Trey Mantini, he said, look, if you give Mateo two more hits a week, uh, he's right in line with Mantini. That's correct. So if you give Brett Phillips two more, it's a great week, point. He's right in line with the rest of the outfield. That's a great point. That's a great point. If you just yeah. keep giving him more hits during the course of if the season, if you give him two more better, hits every week, yeah, he'd yep. be a better hitter at that point. You do make a good point, man. What was well, that guy's name? It. Yeah, <laughs> might be on. We something. had one guy that was uh, one of the guys on the show was bitching about Brett Phillips, and I said, man, he he just hit a double. He went one for four, and his average went up. He goes, that's the problem. He went one for four, and his average went up. <laughs> Well, there's a few yeah. guys that would, that would on one for four. Their average would go up. He could go. He could go one yeah. for seven at this point, and his average might go. Up. By the by, the way, Mateo's one of those guys that could, like because I said this is the other thing. I didn't get to talk about it this much in the morning show, but when uh, it was released that Carlos Correa might opt out at the end of the year, yeah, he's going to. Yeah, I said I think the Orioles sign him if he does, and then all the Mateo fans came out the woodwork, and I said, man, you guys, if we had done everything that you'd love, we'd still have Jose Iglesias and. Uh, and Hander Alberto I, playing the middle infield because you fall in love with guys that are just okay. Okay, so this is, this, is, being better than this is great. This is a great conversation to have because I'm starting to, to move my emotions towards where they are. I'm starting to. I'm not there. Like, I'm not, like, on, but we were just talking about this with Bordick a second ago. What he does, and I'm not trying to take anything. Iglesias was a, a fine defender with some pop. Like, this dude is playing the position in a way we haven't seen someone in Baltimore play the position, I, I mean, since, I, I don't know when, maybe since Louis Aparicio. Like, I, Bordick was a good defensive shortstop. Um, some of these other guys were good. Cal Ripken was a good defensive shortstop. But this guy is doing things. That play on Friday night, the, the level of baseball IQ involved in making that play on Friday night is something it's almost impossible to define. 
Ben McDonald was struggling to define just how brilliant that play was on Friday night. Um, he's doing things we haven't seen other guys do. Look, if he's going to be a 230 hitter, you're right, right? Like, if, if before his career, all Jorge Mateo can be is a 230 hitter, it doesn't matter how many bases he can steal. He can't really be the everyday player at a, at a for a good team. Like, he can't be that guy. But I'm if what we've seen in the second half is the bat starting to come around. And remember, he was scouted as a guy that could hit better. If mm-hmm. that's what we're seeing, I might end up falling in line with maybe I'm not in a rush to upgrade there that maybe the upgrade has to come somewhere else. And I get it. There is a danger of falling in love with a guy of guys who are good but not great. And that is probably one of the things that the Orioles are dealing with right now where players are playing well enough that you can't just move on from them without people being upset, but they're not so good that you can start putting together a World Series caliber roster with Austin Hayes and Jorge Mateo and Taryn Vavra. And, like, they're guys we like – but they're not necessarily special. But, man, dude, I don't know. God. Look, I, I was in the Mateo fan club before everyone else was uh, because I, I loved him in the minor leagues in this, that fantasy baseball league I was in with Garso and Stan the Fan and everyone that's so in-depth that you're drafting minor league players. And I think Jorge Mateo was on my roster until he got traded to the Padres. Um, but but I, I love the speed. And, and, you know, the old adage, you can't steal first if he's hitting – great it's it's fine but like in no world am i going to compare him like if i had a chance to get now look it's cost versus production too like it's going to cost me 200 and some million to go get a guy like correa and you look at what you have mateo for i I understand that totally but people are saying no no they can't spend on a shortstop they got to spend on pitching yeah they by the way they have a lot of money to spend because they have the lowest payroll in baseball um and there's not a lot of great pitchers that are going to be on the market this year which is one of the reasons why there were rumors about them trading for pitchers that are under control like would they make that move yep. for a guy that you get him for two years and then a chance to sign him so like carlos rodon will be out there and and he's an interesting one um but he faded last year towards the end of the year just a little bit and then this year he's looked really good again uh bring him to the ALEs. is that a guy you're interested in clayton kershaw at the back end of his career i mean there are other names that will pop up but there, there's not a lot of great names where everybody's going to be in on starting pitching so now you're competing against everyone else so I do think the Orioles will spend money in other ways. And, look, Mateo can still have a place on this team as a rotational piece or if you wanted to move him to second or whatever, if they, in fact, do that. But if there were rumors that they were in on Carlos Correa no, last year, right. Right. then why wouldn't they be in on him this year if okay, they're better? Okay, but is, Cor- is Correa really worth the mega deal that you assume he's again going to be looking for? Has his actual performance justified mega contract for Carlos Correa? I think um, I think it well it did going into last year, um, but I think this is one of the worst years he's had. I mean, look, he hasn't stayed healthy, uh, and that's obviously a concern anytime you're signing anyone. But um, but on on the flip side too, when you look at Correa, well, like when people are comparing Mateo, arguably his best year to Mateo or uh, to Correa having not his greatest year, um, I'm still going to take Correa. I think he's a great defensive shortstop, and then there's pop in the bat. When you can get the home run ability from the middle of the infield, now you're talking about that's plus-plus because typically you want it from the corners uh, or your outfield. And, right. and then it allows you to do a lot of different things. But who knows what the Orioles are going to do. They've stated they're going to spend money. But if they were interested in Correa last year, the thing I keep going back to is that I fully be, 
fully expect them to be interested this year as well. I, I'm, and I'm with you, and I too also expect them to be in on. I just I don't know, man. Like I'm I, I hate being that guy because I'm the guy that wants them to spend money. Like I bet, and Mike Elias is you know doing interviews and saying he's they're gonna spend money this off season. I want them to, but. I am starting to kind of talk myself out of the idea of like that the spent because I just think Correa is looking he's looking for two hundred plus million dollars and I'm I also get well, nervous about what that does if they, if this team does that for one guy this was the problem going back this goes back to the Chris Davis thing right I had no problem with them spending the money on Chris Davis none of us could see how bad it was going to be even the people mm-hmm. who thought it was a mistake had no idea it was going to be that right. Um, but at the time I said, I, I'm on board with doing this. As long as this isn't the only money that you're spending, as long as you don't think that signing Chris Davis means you've done what you need to do for the years to come. And if, if this means you're not signing Manny Machado, then you definitely don't do this. This is insane to do. And I guess that's what I worry until I see them willing to spend big money on multiple guys and go that route. What I really worry about is if they are in on Correa, that's them saying, well, that's the money we're going to spend. It's the guys we have plus Carlos Correa. Let's see if we can make it work. And that, and, I, that's not going to work. Yeah. And just so you know, I'm always in for spending money on multiple guys. Right. I so, know. By the way, how do you feel about guy uh, uh, Griffin? Do you have the sound clip? Uh, how do you feel about guys coming in your face? Well, I mean, yeah, we, we played that clip this morning, too. You have to it, like when there's a guy coming right in your face and he just sits in there and, and delivers it uh, yeah. really well. Yeah, you got to love that. That's my favorite part. Did you hear the, the Cameron Maven one about him? Uh, no. I've rubbed oh, a lot of balls play. in my day. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, I heard about it. I, no, I do know about that one, actually. But do you have it as well, yeah, Griffin? All right, go ahead, Griffin. Go ahead. Yeah, I've rubbed up quite a few balls in my life. <laughs> and there's just 20 seconds of silence. And then the lengthy balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, you know, like, we have to see it in the offseason that the Orioles are going to be in on it, and I'm sure they're going to spend money wisely. I, I'm well past the point of – it doesn't mean you can't question the front office, but I'm going to lean on them because I feel like a lot of the moves they've made were correct. And, and just going back to the Correa stuff, which I found interesting, is everybody's like, well, what about our minor leagues? What do you think about Gunner? Well, all we've heard is that Gunner might end up being a third baseman at the majors. Right. Like, had someone bring up Jackson Holiday to me. You can't block him. Yeah, like, I mean, how you, are you – Right. I mean, how, how many you years? Got drafted Correct. out of high school. Correct. Yeah. So Correct. I, you know, I'm with you there. All right, buddy. Uh, what's coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week? Well, we're all together again. So for well, actually, Rob goes on vacation uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So <laughs> I, I, Viet and I, I was okay. just going to say we're finally all, right. all back together uh, again. Nope, and, not the case. No, we'll be talking Ravens, Orioles. Obviously, the series with the Blue Jays. It looks almost exactly like the series. Uh, when they came to town uh, here in Baltimore with some of the pitching matchups, so it should be fun. All right. Uh, uh, hopefully I will see you on Saturday. Appreciate you, pal. Love you. We'll talk to you next Monday, all right? Sounds good, man. We'll Jeremy, see you. Jeremy Kahn at JeremyKahn1057 on Twitter. Of course, uh, his picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com as well. Yeah, poor Anthony Munoz doing the, uh, the games. It's a Hall of Famer that likes having guys come in his face. It's the... It's got to be an honor for those guys, <laughs> you know? It's a Hall of Famer saying that. It's got to be in the world. Uh, it's tremendous, tremendous. By the way, I, did, I, bring the, I, I meant to bring this up on the radio show yesterday. The terrifying part as a broadcaster is that you're in a moment and you just don't catch what it is that you're saying. Like Jeremy yeah. was laughing about me saying on the whole. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's not even a... Particularly, that that wouldn't get a whole lot of traction. You worry about is that like you're describing something in an athletic event, and you don't even notice what it is that you're saying, and somebody else does. And when they do, 
that's what you're associated with for the rest of your life. You're the guy that said that. Now, Anthony Munoz has a few things to fall back on in his life. He's accomplished a thing or two. Believe it or not, I did not have a Hall of Fame career as an offensive (laughs) tackle to fall back on. So if I'm the guy that said something like that, that would be it. That would be the only thing I would be associated with for the rest of my life. That's who I would be. Uh, Simply the Bets returns tomorrow as we will uh, help you get ready for a weekend of betting or a full week of betting. We do it every Tuesday morning at 11.40 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Uh, Also this week, we will have Weekend at Bookies on Thursday morning to uh, get you ready. I assume we will make some more Ravens preseason bets. Although this one, this is the furthest they've traveled. You know, this is Good point. This is not something that we've dealt with. And there's less incentive to watch it, too, with the Orioles playing at the same well, that, time. Well, that doesn't really yeah. impact whether they're going to win or not. Like, there's definitely less incentive to watch it, but I didn't right. watch the first but, one. So, well, you know, you like, but, uh, no, I shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, I never should. Um, but I'm saying, in, trying to, in, in, in going along with the fact that they always win every preseason game, they've never had to go to Arizona before. That's never been on the table. Everyone knows Arizona is a really tough place to, to play, play in the, the preseason. preseason. Yeah. Everybody does say that. You, you get their best. That's when you get their best. We'll talk about it. Simply the bets and weekend at bookies coming up on Tuesday and Thursday at 1140 a.m. respectively. Now, Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox. Final days. Literally, this is the end of the line for the salute to coaches issue. Today, tomorrow, then it's gone. Gone, daddy gone. The love is gone. Wednesday, we got a new print issue of Press Box hitting newsstands with Mark Andrews on the cover. So we celebrate the start of football season. Um, we've done this a couple times. We've tried to uh, put someone on the cover who has elevated themselves into the uh, the world of NFL stardom. Uh, last year, it was Marlon Humphrey. So we're worried a little bit that that ended up being a bit of a curse because Marlon Humphrey probably had his worst year. So we're hoping that's not the case with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is on the cover. A uh, great story from Bo Smolka about um, his path. Did not commit to uh, it being full-time football until far later in his high school career than most guys do. Um, you know, Obviously, his battle with um, uh, uh, diabetes, all of those things. Great story about Mark Andrews' path. He was not um, you know, a first, second-round draft pick. He wasn't even the first tight end the Ravens took that year, and yet here, look where we are with Mark Andrews elevating himself to being a true superstar in this league. So it's a great story from Bo Smolka about that path, and you'll be able to get that starting on Wednesday at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, or read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. What you got? All right. So yesterday, Albert Pujols matched two homers, uh, including a three-run homer in the eighth inning that put the Cardinals up I see, by I four. Me, was it his 63rd career multi-home run game? That's a great question. I should have looked that oh, up. That's not where I was going. I thought that's where you're going. Not where I was going with my tidbit. Um, but uh, he, he, you know, he, he's hit more than uh, just about everyone. Yeah. Uh, aside from three guys. Um, so he is that. So, so with those two homers, brought him 11 away from 700. Um, and it would be really cool to see him get to 700. And it's he's really close. He's gonna be he's gonna cut it really close. Uh, he's also more importantly eight home runs away from surpassing Alex Rodriguez mm. at 696. Mm. So uh, if anything happens, hopefully that he, he accomplishes that. So he needs 11 homers and 48. It, it games. was indeed the 63rd multi-home run game of his career. Wow, mm. very good. How about he's, that? Oh, you know what? I'll have trivia for you after after okay. you have trivia. For okay. Me. <laughs> Um, so Pujols needs 11 homers in 48 games, so that's the pace of he needs to hit about one every four games uh, going through the rest of the season to get to 700. Um, and he has 10 homers this season, so if he hits 11, he gets to 21, 
and it would be his 18th season with 20-plus home runs, joining only uh, Barry Bonds, who did that 20 times, and Hank Aaron, who did it 19. That's about right. Mm-hmm. Um, so besides Albert Pujols, I wanted to go in this direction, and I want to know who the active players are that are closest to 700. Uh, so among active players, my question is, who has hit the most home runs? I'm looking for the next nine guys that are okay. closest to 700. Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Yes, correct. Uh, okay, he's number two, 506. A measly 506. Yeah, what a, what a pathetic loser. Um, you know what's funny is a bunch of the guys, because we had done lists like that, but a bunch of, Oh, Nelson Cruz. Yep, Nelson Cruz is number three in order, 457. It's remembering who's still active, and then trying to do the math on, like, I... How many how many guys are we naming on this list? Uh, I'd like you get to get to ten. Well, so you have three: Pujols, Cabrera, and Cruz. So seven more. I want seven more. So I'm gonna guess that Mike Trout sneaks in there. Mike Trout is does sneak in there at number seven, three hundred thirty-four home runs. And that makes Trouts. me think that Bryce Harper is also on the list. Harper, I don't see Harper oh, on quite here. Surprising. How many does Harper have? Oh, there he is. Okay, he is just outside of my that's top quite ten. Surprising. He has 282. I thought if Trout was on there. Could Freddie Freeman be on the list? He certainly has the longevity. Freddie Freeman is just behind, uh, or he is just ahead, stu- just ahead of Bryce Harper. What a stupid what a idiot. idiot. What a terrible well, guess. What an guess awful that? guess what that was. What a stupid idiot you are. Um, All the guys in the top 10 have 300 plus. All the guys in the top not 10. That I'm not sure how much that would really help. Yeah, it doesn't yet, really help at all. Just a note. <laughs> How about uh, Giancarlo Stanton? There you go. He is number four, 371 for Giancarlo Stanton. Joey Votto. Number five, 342. Glenn's on today. Yeah. Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt rounds out our top 10 at 308 home runs for Goldie. All right. Um, we're missing four. Yes, yes, we are. Who is and still active? Yeah, it's, it's three guys that... Uh, or wait, yeah, four. Uh, Longoria? There you go, Longoria. He is eight home runs behind uh, Mike Trout, and he is eighth, 326. Hey. Arenado. Arenado is, wait, was he 10, 3, 4? He's right behind Goldschmidt. He's got 294. Yeah, he was 11th. They're not as 11, 294. Who am I not thinking of? Thinking of a guy uh, who is still in the league. Um, let's see. He's, he's a pair of brothers. Pair of brothers. Yeah, he is. I think when's his last game, his last game was July 15th. I don't know if he was either DFA'd or got injured. I'll find out for you. And someone who has two brothers that are both major leaguers. Well, he's a set of, he's a set of brothers. He's 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 one. There's two brothers. Yeah, they're both major leaguers, and he is one of them. But there's not. There's two of them, not three. Yeah, there's yeah, there's two. So he two. has a brother. He has a brother. It's not Yadi or Molina. No, uh, it is not. It is, no. Justin Upton is he still in baseball? He is. Yeah, is he, he really? was. Really? I thought he was done. I no, did he, genuinely. He got no... optioned uh, to AAA. Uh, wait a minute, what? Is well, he that, really? That, still... that has to be a typo. It says he got optioned to AAA Norfolk. That's not right. Well, he's definitely not. <laughs> yeah, definitely I, not I can promise. But the Mariners optioned him to tri- to the, whoever their AAA team is. Justin Upton. Wow. Uh, it says he's a free agent, right? Yeah, now. he elected free so agency, or, or instead of being not... optioned. Yeah, he refused an elected free agency. Okay. 
Uh, wow. Okay, but so yeah, he's, he's not actually a... active. That's technically incorrect. He's not active. Well, he didn't he's not. retire yet. He's not. That does okay. not count as active. All right. Well, then, then there you go. Nolan Arenado and Freddie Freeman move up. Yeah. 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 All right. How many more? Uh, uh, we have. We have just one more. One more. One more. Uh, one more guy who uh, I guess uh, might fall into the same category that you're that you're talking about here. Who's not actually active, and you're calling him active? He technically is active. What do you mean? But like, what does that mean? Is he playing? He did the same thing. He did the same thing Upton did. So he's not on a team. No, he's currently not on a roster. Then he's not active. He's a free agent. He's he's actively. That's a free not agent. a that that. There's a bunch. Of I mean, I'm a, I'm a free agent though. Yes, correct. Yeah. And he's hit a lot of home runs. I don't That's know. Right. Carson Weekly's crushing bombs. Two in my life. All right, well, either way, I want slam. you to guess him now. I want you to guess him now. Someone who he's, a, he's not active. Yeah, he's been he's been he's been TFA'd a couple times over the last year now. Spent uh, oh Cano. Yep, Robinson Cano. Cano. Yeah. Robinson Cano. Cano. Three hundred thirty-five. Well, when you you carried, you got like. Well, all I mean, of them. this is this is actually an easier list than some of the ones because you're just you're just thinking of the guys that hit the most home runs. Yeah. And so you with Mike Trout's next two home runs, he will move ahead of Robinson Cano. All right. Well, he's already moved ahead because Robinson Cano is not active. He's already higher well, on the list. Robinson. R- wait until Robinson Cano gets player. picked up again by like the Diamondbacks sure, for the sure. month of September. All right, uh, most career multi-home run games. There are uh, oh, there's a tie for ninth, so there are uh, eleven guys who have at least um, a second, at least fifty three multi-home run. Wow, fifty three. All right, well, so I have Bonds. Yes, Bonds of course has Hank, the most. Aaron. Wait. Oh, I see. This is a really dumb way that they listed this list. They listed their two home run games, not their multi-home run games. Oh. So hang on a second. Let me just do this math again. Okay. The, this is the, these are the guys that have the most two home run games, but I, hang, I can, I'll fix this. At least 11 guys have 54 multi-home run games. Okay. All right? That's so, pretty, yes. That's pretty impressive. Bonds, and I've already given away pool holes because he's got 63. And McGuire, too, probably. McGuire definitely is on this list. Mark McGuire had uh, 67 career wow. multi-mile And I would think games. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron is number oh, number five. He's a little oh, bit okay. further down the list. Was he is, Barry Bonds was number one. Yeah, Barry Bonds was number one. Okay. Aaron had 62 multi-career, multi-career multi-home. I'm going to say Eddie Murray just because of how long he played. He did hit a lot of home runs. Eddie Murray... Not mm. on Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson is, one. however, Frank Robinson, fifty-four gotcha. career multi. Babe Ruth. Games. Babe Ruth, of course, All would right. be on this list. You've perhaps heard of him. Mickey Babe, Mantle. Babe Ruth. Actually, let me take this back. I lied. Barry Bonds, seventy-one. Babe Ruth, seventy-two. Wow. wow. Had the most. Sorry. Wow. Sorry, Babe Ruth. Good for that most. guy. Uh, you said Mickey Mantle. Yes. No, Mickey Mantle Dang. not on the list. Roger Maris. Not Roger Maris. Had a big season, but not a great career necessarily. Right. Could it be Ted Williams? Not Ted Williams. Um, are, they, are these like really old guys? Um, or? one guy when you one of the guesses that you made, you should have immediately guessed this other guy. Could but, it be Brooks Robinson? No, <laughs> no. One of the ones you got right. Another one of the ones you got right. The two of them are. Oh, well, I don't think this is who I'm. Uh, Reggie Jackson. It's not Reggie Jackson. These yeah. two players are eternally intertwined, both not in the Hall of Fame. Both not. Oh, uh, so, Sosa. Sammy Sosa. Oh, yeah, yes. there you Sammy, go. Sosa. Sammy Sosa. Uh, when you say Mark McGuire, you should immediately right. say Sammy right. Sosa. Sammy Sosa actually had 69 career multi home run games, two more than Mark McGuire. Okay, so what do we have? Like we have six uh, or seven? seven of the 11. Hmm. Uh, uh, who, another. An, uh, uh, someone who I believe is still with us, but I think I saw was... Oh, Alex Rodriguez? Yeah, not, I mean, 
What's that? Alex Rodriguez. Uh, Alex Rodriguez is definitely still with us and definitely right. on the list. <laughs> 62 career. He's uh, He was on television last night doing something <laughs> with Derek Jeter. Yeah. Right? I liked what he said about there. he seems like he's... I don't like uh, anything no, he sorry. says. I, yeah, I, I no. would, yeah, this person did pass away earlier uh, last year. I, I don't know why I forgot it. This per, one of these people did just pass away last year. Joe Morgan? No, it created quite... Um, there was some controversy related to the All-Star game and this person... Why can't I think of uh, Carson, the second greatest home run hitter of. Oh no, you already got that person. Never mind. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Scratch that. I'm. You know what? I screwed up. You already got Hank Aaron. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, my okay. fault. Okay. My fault. Okay. I'm thinking okay. of somebody uh, else. Miguel Cabrera. Is he on our list? This person is still alive. The one I was thinking of. This is what happened. <laughs> this person is still alive, and that's who I was thinking of. Um, but I do think I saw might have been in failing health now at the age of 91. Wow. Um, someone who is Miguel Cabrera. Cabrera's Miguel Cabrera is not on the mm. list. Someone who played for the same team as somebody that you've already named. Uh-huh. Is it Al Kaline? It's not Al Kaline. I get it. We did Miguel Cabrera. Somebody you got yeah. right already. <laughs> um, hmm. Who is getting up there or has to be up there? Jeez, this is. There's a character in the movie Major League that had a very similar name. Mm, been a while since I watched Major League. Mm. Um, mm. um, dang. Mm. Willie Mays. Oh gosh, Willie, Willie Mays. Mays. Willie Mays, number six on the list with sixty-three. Should've, yeah, should have gotten Willie Mays. Is that all of them? Or uh, more? You're missing. Uh, you're missing actually two more. One you won't get. That's Jimmy Fox has should've fifty-five gotten. career. My next guess. Tied with. This man, who we uh, just saw at a baseball stadium last week, playing catch. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr., exactly right. 55 career uh, multi-home run games. Albert Pujols now is How many career homers did Ken Jr. have? Uh, 560 or so, I want to say. Wow. I want to say something like that. I mean, he got over 500. Maybe he got to 600. I... The problem, of course, Griffey dealt with injury in the later stages of his career, and so there 630. was six hundred thirty. Six thirty. Holy wow. crap! So he could have been. Yeah, there like, was. Oh, there was a time yeah. where it was almost a certainty that he was going to surpass, but um, ultimately injury uh, prevented yeah. that from being the case. All right, very good. Uh, totally tubular. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. It will be the place to be for UFC two seventy eight on Saturday night. And I keep trying to warn you, fantasy draft wherever you're doing it, it ain't going to be as good. As if you took that first Saturday of college football season, not week zero, but Labor Day Saturday, week one, all the big games, Georgia, Oregon, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Florida, Utah, Ole Miss, Central Arkansas, <laughs> I knew all you were of the big I games. I knew you were going to say that. I think it's Troy that week, actually. All of the huge matchups that weekend. <laughs> You can bet on them, and we believe the betting pads will be in place by that weekend, which means you won't even have to get off your butt. Hang out, watch all of those games, bet them, and do your fantasy draft, and they'll offer you some great specials for hosting your fantasy draft in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. But you got to email events at sportssocialmd.com right now in order to get signed up. Plus, Maryland Navy are both in action that day. It's just going to be a, a festival a festival of college football. The U.S. Open will be going on, so you can have uh, your bets in on tennis matches at the same time. It is, I have said before, we've done this bit where we power-ranked uh, uh, best sports-watching like time, periods of time. Mm. It is my favorite sports weekend of the year. 
It is my favorite because of fantasy drafts. The first weekend of college football, there's always huge matchups. Plus, you get a Sunday night game and a Monday night game, college football that weekend. So it's like your first taste of what the rest of the year is going to be like. You're reminded that that's going to be a thing. So it's football from Thursday to Monday. Every night, there's football games on that you can bet on. And you do your fantasy draft that weekend. And the U.S. Open's going on at the same time. And if your favorite baseball team is in a playoff race, holy F. I love the first weekend of March Madness. I understand like it, the greatness of it, but I have I have said I think that to me is the best sports weekend of the year to me personally. Now part of that is I love tennis. So Definitely a dark horse to be up there, dude. It is great. Can't be overlooked. It is, and for some reason, one of those primetime football games always ends up being wonderful. Always ends up being yeah. like a st- those teams might not be good by the like by by week eight. I feel like Texas was involved with one of those games yeah, every. I feel year. like it's always Florida State. Like they, yeah, somebody like yeah, they played they something like that. Yeah, and there was like a few years ago where Texas beat Notre, Notre Dame, Dame, and it right? was Texas is back, folks. And, 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 and both of them yeah. stunk. They right, were both yeah. terrible. <laughs> like it was uh, worthless. But for that night, mm-hmm. it was like a Monday night game. We were all wiling out, like, yeah. Woo, like you have no Texas idea. Texas is back. You don't know that they stink. You're just like, I'm willing to believe. Believe in anything. Best sports weekend. So spend your Saturday in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel doing your fantasy draft. I cannot recommend it enough. Events at SportsSocialMD.com. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. As we mentioned, the Orioles open up their series in Toronto against the Blue Jays on Mass and 7 o'clock. Kyle Bradish and you say Kikuchi. <laughs> Kikuchi. <laughs> Uh, that's the pitching matchup. Mass and two, Cubs Nationals at seven, MLB Network, Tigers, Guardians at three, Mariners, Angels at 11, Fox Sports one, Astros, White Sox at eight. Um, right now on ESPN, the Little League Softball mm. World Series final, it features um, a team playing for the title from Del Mar, Maryland, down on the Eastern Shore, playing for the Little League Softball World Championship against a team from Texas right now on wow. ESPN. Uh, tennis Channel for uh, day one of the event out in Cincinnati, which is the big tune-up for the U.S. Open, so a great field for that that's going on. And the USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw at 8. Obviously a very important night tonight, non-sports-wise. Yes, uh, it, it starts off hot, but the week is kind of slow. Better Call Saul, though, series finale, series finale tonight. tonight. I am completely AMC. caught up. Um, Good I've for you. gotten through the last couple of episodes. I'm about that, six that kind of move behind. you into the future. Um there is a thing that occurs that that's a big deal in one of the more recent episodes. But I'm in a weird place with it. I am in a very weird place. What I want out of the finale at this point, I'm in a very strange place about what should happen. Who should be like, if they're well, not, tell me, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, I'll forget. I don't, I just don't know who I want to see die. You know what I mean? Like I'm cuz I don't know people die. Yeah, believe it or not. Um and they did a big one earlier this season that kind of completely changed the season. So I feel like it's got to lead to somebody else dying and I don't know cuz they I think they said like they don't want to go back to the universe again. Like this is this is it. It's over. And this was so perfect because Bob Odenkirk is so great and this character is so good. I don't really know who I would want them to go back to the universe with. Like, would I be up for a Gus Fring show? I might. I might be up for an entire series about... I would really be up for an entire series about Mike Trout, but, like, we already know he dies. And so, like, he he's so old at this point, you couldn't have him play himself in an origin story. Like, you just... 
It would not be pot. There's no way to de-age. I don't remember the name of the actor that plays Mike Airman Trout. You could not de-age him enough to do an origin story, but that would be the one. Like if you're going to do one, a Mike Airman Trout origin story would be amazing. I'd be all in for that show. The problem being you'd have to have somebody else play him, and I don't know that I would trust that. Um, I don't know if I want anything else from the universe. So I think Saul has to die, but – whoa. I don't know. What? Like I don't know. It's very. I, I don't. I don't know where you go. I don't know where you go. But the the finale is tonight. Is, okay. uh, when does Kevin Kneff himself come back? That's that was, is next week. Next week. Okay. Yes. Right. Next week. I is like that Kevin show. Kevin Kneff himself. I, I like that show. I think that's a, that was a fun. I watched the first season of that. It's it's if you didn't watch it, it's incredibly interesting how they do it. Um, and it's it's good enough. And then on top of the really fascinating way that they do the show. It's worth the watch. I'm excited about it coming back. Gotcha. Uh, Bachelorette, new episode, and Jeannie Buss is going to be on Kimmel tonight. Uh, oh, because the Hulu a, thing. Yes, yeah. there's a new Hulu, Hulu LA thing. Lakers legacy, the true story yeah. of the LA Lakers. That does not yeah, interest me the way that the... You know what? And I feel bad about this. The stupid HBO show kind of ruined it for me. You think so? The HBO I, show I is check so it fun. Looks, yeah, it looks it's so, so fun. It's so good. It's such a joy. And it's complete BS, right? Like, And that's what everybody's mad about is that like... It is it 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 veers so far away from the truth that like people are genuinely pissed about it. It just the problem is that's better than the truth. <laughs> like now the documentary about the Lakers. I know this isn't just about this is I think a lot of to do really with the the Kobe Shaq Lakers. Right, yeah, yeah. Unless, there's a lot of Shaq. Yeah. Um, um but I don't LeBron's know. LeBron's in it too. And so. I read the Perlman book about the Kobe Shaq later, Lakers mm. too. I read that. I mean, from start to finish, because those teams fascinated me. Uh, Jeff Perlman's book about the Kobe Shaq Lakers is is incredible. But again, it kind of portrays Kobe as the villain, and mm. like it's, I don't, I don't this. Yeah, I might watch it, but it ain't. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of Shaq, a lot of the Bus family, a lot of genie. It, it just and ain't magic for me the way I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not amped for it. By the way. You can skip a league of their own. Go oh, really? go right ahead and skip it. You're gonna watch the first episode. And there's gonna be about five different things. Nick Offerman the... wasn't enough. Oh, I'm gonna slap you. If oh, I, I really thought it was. It. Really I'm gonna slap. Nick you. Offerman wasn't enough. Um, the there are like five different things that will pique your interest in the first episode. You'll be like, maybe there's something here, and they will not sustain any of those things. Mm. There is just like you'll be like, I get it. This is just a vehicle for Abby Jacobson to be Abby Jacobson. And if you enjoy Broad City the way that I think everybody enjoyed Broad City, you're all for more Abby Jacobson. It's not that. Then you're like, well, maybe it's for what's her name? Darcy Carden from The Good Place. Oh, yes. Isn't it? Like, and of course she was wonderful. The Good Place was a tremendous show. You're like, maybe it's just a vehicle for her to be Nope. It's nothing. There's nothing there. It does not pay homage to the movie. It does not tell a new story. Because that's the other thing. He's like starting yourself like, oh, it's like like going back and revisiting a league of their own, but like let's talk about the black characters in this. And like it's not really that either. It's nothing. It is a giant ball of nothing. Not worth it. That is disappointing. And I can't help it. I am incapable of giving up on a bad show. I have to see it through. I'm gonna have to see it through, and I'm miserable. All right. I got through four episodes. So we can get daily reports. Miserable. Or it weekly stinks. reports. It stinks. It stinks. Well, they, I think it's all out. Yeah. So okay. I think I can be done with it by like Wednesday. But Perfect. God, it stinks. Uh, one more. This is tomorrow, but like we usually have to cut Tubular for uh, Tuesday, on our Tuesday show anyway. So it's but I, but since Carson's here, I want to bring it up. It's called Hotties. It's a new uh, Hulu's dipping their toes in a uh, dating show now. You're, I don't think you'll be interested, oh, Glenn. I, probably not for me. But uh, but but I, I think they're so funny. Um, so this one, it's a dating show, and people get coupled up, and they're like competing in like a food cooking 
like a like a food truck cooking challenge but then halfway through they like get stopped and they have to try they have to eat really really hot food and then they like kind of bond over this seems suffering really forced uh, <laughs> oh yeah for sure like it, it really e- is. but even for it the really genre Carson, you, you would have loved the one that we had on friday it was called cosmic love what does that have to do what is Cosmic love is they match people up based on their astrology. Oh, God, don't. Oh, no astrology. You should have watched the the trailer. It was great. Nope. Nope. Big time nope. All (laughs) right. Thank you, Griffin. Carson Weekly. People can find you on social media. That's right. At Carson Ware. (laughs) Yes, that's where you say. Uh, Big news for Carson. Ole Miss uh, ranked in the top 21 Ah, in the preseason. There we are. They'll probably move up to like 12 by the time they play. Yeah, I was going to say, if we go out 6-0, which is possible. Well, Kentucky's ranked 20th, so that would be a big win. That actually would be a big win. A big win. All right. uh, Where are you on social media, you said? At at Carson Ware. With with an I. That's right. At Carson Ware with an I. Uh, appreciate your hard work yeah, this summer. Look forward to seeing if maybe there can't be a way that you can keep uh, involved in the future. We will discuss that at some point. But um, really appreciate all you did, launching the TikTok, all that stuff. Good work, my yeah, man. Thank you. It's It's been an outstanding opportunity. Just getting to know all you guys and, and doing this has been it's great. It's been great to have you around. All right. Um, thanks today to uh, Jeremy Kahn. Thanks also to Mike Bordick. Thanks as well to Jamie Kaiser Jr., who's coming to Maryland. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the Arsha. tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, any, anything? We will have, we will have uh, Jake Mintz. Our buddy Jake Mintz from Fox Sports, big Orioles fan. Caleb Joseph. Oh, Caleb Joseph's going to join us tomorrow, of course. Whenever the Orioles play the Blue Jays, it's a good time to catch up with Caleb Joseph, who's part of their broadcast crew and is just awesome. It's just everything about it. Last time he was on with us, he did the first five minutes as Dan Duquette. It was, it was perfection. Um, love Caleb Joseph. All right, that's coming up tomorrow. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Great Ace Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Visit Howard County, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. In fact, if you want to come find us, we're about to be at Glory Days Grill. Um, uh, I Brian Powell lets me know apparently the softball game is in a rain delay, so when it, it will start at some point, uh, and you go go Delmar, Maryland. All right. Uh, thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, TikTok. at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Birds. Go Delmar. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>